listen to the voice of survival podcast every other friday right here on the journey into comics network journeyintocomics.com the following is a journey into comics network production fuck you iraq What's up and welcome to Podcastrophy episode 33. I am your host, Dick, and with me today, as always. Oh, Mr. Tyler McLaughlin. Hey. <laughs> How you doing today? I've got beer. Hell yeah, I got one too. Ready to crack open. Uh, let me get in the camera a little better. No uh, one wants to see you in your I, frosted tips. Oh, whatever. They're not frosted tips, just highlighted. That, that's what frosted Frosted tips means are. it's bleached. Or not bleached, but, you know, white. Doesn't matter. You got frosted tips. No. You have blood frosted tips. I like that. I like the sound of that, actually. But it's not actually, like, masculine. It's like... I'm not going to go any further with that. <laughs> Why you got to be like this? Just accept me for who I am. Accept me for who I am. I have. Then why'd you just ask me why I gotta be like this? <laughs> You're contradicting your statement. I want you to accept me because, and you know, I don't care if I accept you. No, you. <laughs> oh, damn it. Gotcha. <laughs> Beat me again. I'm just glad that it's like 60 degrees outside because oh, I have too. shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops on. Hell I yeah. hate wearing shoes. Hell yeah. So, we have something important to talk about today. We did some things. Um well, so this is a first kind of. Go on. For once, uh we see a trailer and we get to talk about it. At least we get to talk about it live first, but by the time this airs, uh the mother podcast Journey into Comics will probably have talked about it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But for those watching live, you get to hear it first instead of on Journey into Comics. And all you Patreon-exclusive people get to hear it there, too. Yes. On the Podcast Menace. On the Podcast Menace. Wait, you guys, you guys are talking talk about that on there? The one we just watched? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I know. I can see. I can see. I was your completely. Face. I was completely fine until I got home and I started watching like my daily YouTube videos, catching up on my subscriptions and stuff. And then I started like dozing off on like the last one. So yeah, that's fun. Ugh. But yeah, let's talk about this trailer. Solo, the newest trailer for Solo. A Star Wars story. Yes. So. um I think you and I briefly talked about the Super Bowl, uh, the day after the Super Bowl trailer that aired um, a couple months ago, and 
I was I was really excited. You know, I, I've talked on all of the podcasts about how worried I am for this film for a multitude of yeah. reasons. And We've all been worried. Well, and it you know up until like they released the first trailer in February, they hadn't really given us anything to make us not worried. You know, personally, I consider Ron Howard um, one of the one of the members of the Holy Trinity. You know, you've got Lucas Spielberg and Ron Howard. Those guys have all kind of had their own little clique, and they've all done fantastic things in filmmaking and cinema. And, you know, obviously there's other greats out there like Scorsese and, yeah, you know, so on and so forth. But I, I consider Ron Howard, Spielberg, and Lucas the Holy Trinity because if you combined those three people into one they could not make anything but fucking gold. And for the most part, all of them have. Um, I mean, George Lucas made fucking Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, back on track here. Um, even even when I found out that Ron Howard took over, I was really excited for that. Um, I didn't find out until later that Ron Howard actually turned down um, the prequel, or uh, The Phantom Menace. Really, he was the oh, one. Yeah, I knew that. He was the one originally picked, and I, you know, I'm I'm a big Star Wars dude, and I I didn't really key in on that. I, you know, I I had never heard that, which is more than likely my own fault. But, um, so I was really excited to see him come back to the franchise, or give it a chance, and then article after article, twenty percent reshoots, forty percent reshoot. We're gonna do a sixty percent reshoot, and then. The final number uh, is somewhere above 80% yeah, of the movie 80. that he's reshot. And uh, that that's very expensive and it's very time consuming. And e- even with a great director like Ron Howard, you know, that that did it didn't it didn't make me excited. And then I saw the teaser during the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for this. And and you know a lot a lot of it was um, Alden Ehrenreich, the the kid that's playing Solo. I'm not familiar with him. I don't know of him doing anything else. And Star Wars has that track record of taking uh, underdeveloped actors and making them superstars. But with with the uh, everything that I because you know the initial reports were that this kid was uncoachable. Yeah. Disney had brought in the uh, best acting coaches in Hollywood, and he wasn't responding to them. So that that doesn't make me feel very good about it. Later on, you find out that it was actually the director's yeah. vision that he was not doing well, and now he, uh, with Ron Howard, has done very well. So putting all that behind us, we get the Super Bowl trailer, and it really really fucking amped me up for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very... I, I would say I'm, I was almost as worried about Rogue One as I am with Solo because there were so many unknowns. Um, but after seeing the first trailer and now the second trailer, which isn't just a remash of the first trailer, there's very little of the original trailer in this one that we just watched. Yeah. So... Very, very excited for it. You get to see a, a good exchange between Han and Chewie, where Han is just now finding out how old Chewie is. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they apparently just met. They're, they're, they're meeting for the first time in this, I think. 
I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Because um, I've always kind of just assumed that Chewie has a life debt to mm-hmm. Han for whatever reason. And that's why he hangs out with Han. I mean, fucking Chewie was hanging out with Yoda. Yeah, back, Not, back in the day. Back in the day. You know, he was hanging out with Yoda and fighting the the uh, Separatists and all that. And so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they really weave this together narrative-wise. Um, I mean, because, you know, you look in the trailer, the Falcon is not not the Falcon that we see in A New Hope. No. This is shiny. Everything is there. The The gap in between the front of the, the Falcon isn't there. It's solid. Uh, we don't see the, the wonky radar dish or any of the stuff, so... No. This is Lando's Falcon, mm-hmm. it seems. And uh, you had a theory on that that this is where he's. I, I just I just had a quick idea. It, it's not the more I thought about it, it's not really a theory because it doesn't make sense monetarily or narratively. That my my idea was that Han basically tries to con Lando out of the Falcon, can't do it. Lando agrees to help them, and then they basically just mutiny him and and take his ship, but. That that wouldn't really make sense. No, and we, we there's there's so much un untapped backstory between Lando and Han. With you know, you see in uh, the current trilogy, you see the dice hanging in the Falcon. Those are the dice that he used to win the Falcon from Lando. Um, so, and then in the trailer, in both trailers actually, you get to see Han or not Han and Lando sitting down gambling. So, you know, whether that's at the end or whether part of that is at the end of the movie and we just kind of get a Han rolls the dice and then it, it pans to Lando and he's just fucking mortified or what. I don't know. I'm I'm really excited. I don't know that I'm more excited for Solo than I am for Infinity War. But part of it is I've been waiting for Infinity War for over 10 years. I've only been waiting for Solo for a couple. Well, I mean, yeah. Be- because before Rogue One and and a Force Awaken- and The Force Awakens, I never thought that we would get kind of these vignettes. Yeah. These, you know, these standalone stories that may or may not tie in to the bigger picture. I never thought in a million years we would get anything like this. So... I urge people go into this with a very open mind and do not have your expectations set very high because there is there is the chance that this movie is not very good. There is the chance. However unlikely that chance is, I can't say I don't think it's going to be a flop. But what I am worried about and what you and Brando and I talked about the other day is that people are so up in arms still about The Last Jedi and there's still so much of this Rotten Tomato controversy with The Last Jedi that people are going to go into this with really high expectations like, yeah, The Last Jedi sucked. There's no way they could make another one that bad. And there's enough of kind of, there's enough parallels with The Last Jedi as far as cinematography and dialogue and story that people just shit on it. Yeah. And it's it's the people that shit on it unjustified. I I can't like always I can't talk, but the people that shit on it and aren't aren't justified in what they're complaining about. 
we are in a time now where you go see a movie, you don't like it. I haven't seen the movie yet. I look on Rotten Tomatoes. I see that it's fresh or rotten, and I hear your opinion, and I'm like, okay, this is what he's saying. I'm going to go see the movie anyway, and even if I enjoy the movie, you have swayed my opinion and and almost indoctrinated me into the fact that I'm going to hate the movie. Yeah. That when I leave the theater, I'm bitching about it. And I, I don't get that. I do not understand why people are acting like that. See, I I rarely take into consideration other people's opinions of a movie. I always go in with it wanting to form my own opinion. If I'm going to go go see a movie that is, if I'm not, if I, if I be, go... If I refuse to see a movie, it's because uh, I see the trailer and it doesn't look interesting to me. Right. It doesn't look good to me. It's not because, oh, someone told me it sucks. I, I, I have never wanted to see a movie and then change my mind simply because someone told me it sucks. Well, part of it, too, you and I both watched a trailer yesterday for a new movie coming out this summer called Meg. Yes. It's a movie about Jason Statham uh, fighting a giant megalodon shark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know damn well that people are going to go into that. It's supposed to be a fun summer movie that you go to the drive-in and see, like Jaws was, you know, back in the 70s. Yeah. And, you know, damn well there's going to be people going to this film, shitting on it because it's not it's not Jaws. It's not better than Jaws. Every shark movie that has come out is compared to to Jaws, every sci-fi movie is compared to Star Wars or Star Trek or Blade Runner. There's there there's always the king of the mountain that everything is compared against, and it's not it's not fair. It's not justified. No. The movie that came out um, with a Ryan Reynolds hot wife a couple years ago, The Shallows. I thought that was a fantastic movie. Oh, I is that the one where she gets like caught up on like a fucking rock or something? I wanted to see that, so that was a good movie. So you have not seen it? I have not. Oh, it is uh, Blake Lively is yeah. her name. It is very, very good. It, I mean, it, it's not, it's not it a, looked good. It's not an Oscar winner by any means, but the CGI is it's a, good. It's a story. The story is good. Yeah, and, that, that, uh, her, and that's that's why I go to see movies because I want to see a story. I want to be entertained. I, I don't go see movies because to be fucking blown the fuck away. Well, and you know, if I get blown away, that's great, but. And Brandon, Brandon and I were having this conversation the other day. You remember when the Star Wars re-releases came out in the 90s? and yeah. And before every, you know, on the VHS tapes, before the movie would actually start, there would be that maybe five to ten minute exchange with Leonard Malton. Yeah. Where he would talk about the movie a little bit, and he would sit down with George Lucas or one of the actors, and he would kind of dissect the movie a little bit before the movie started. And... uh I am not Leonard Malton. I am not an accredited uh, movie reviewer. I am not getting paid to review movies. I my my one goal, and I've said it on every podcast that I've been when we been on when we talk about movies. My one and only goal is to be entertained. Mm-hmm. I love going exactly. to the. I love going to the movies. It's an experience, you know. Now we're in a time where we sit in theaters that have comfortable seats. You know, I, I, I saw The Force Awakens in a movie theater with wooden seats. Wow. And I did not complain because I was entertained. Oh, yeah. It, it's an experience, you know, and especially with everything that Disney is doing with their family entertainment model. 
you, you know, especially now that I'm a dad, my my daughter and my wife and I were dicking around in the living room the other day, and I said, I cannot wait until I can take you to the movies. Because my, my wife doesn't really like to go to the movies anymore, and that, that's her choice. I love going to the movies. Yeah. And I cannot wait until I get to take my daughter to go to the movies with me because it's an experience. It, it is. You know, even though they're small, you know, trivial memories, it, it's stuff you get to do with your family and your friends. You and I have seen more movies in the last year than my wife and I have seen. I mean... It's because we're meant to be. It's because we're partners. We're life partners. <laughs> but, I mean, it, I just... I, I do not understand why people are just... And it, it's so negative. We're all... We're shitting on everything for no reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Alex Taylor, what's up in the comments, says, Some people can't just enjoy things for what they are, and those people are dicks. Thank you, because... To all you people out there that are going to shit on Solo because it's not what you imagined it to be, yeah, you're a you're, dick. Because, uh, and you know, that's that, the stupid thing is a lot of people shit all over uh, Last Jedi because their theories weren't right. Their well, their fan theories. Well, and I, appla- I applaud Ryan Johnson for taking the directions or taking the direction with the things that he did in The Last Jedi because you and I saw the movie for the first time together. You know, opening mm-hmm. night or whatever, mm-hmm. and multiple times throughout the movie, we we looked at each other at the same time. I didn't get your attention; you didn't get mine. We looked at each other at the same time. She it, says, "Weapons grade dickheads." Thank you, God. <laughs> I I'm gonna trademark that if you don't mind, because that is awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. But you know, we looked at each other at the same times mm-hmm. in certain, especially scenes like the. Uh, the, the, the hyperspace, hyperspace battle ram, yeah. bat, battering ram, battle ram, battering <laughs> uh, yes. banana. I can't talk. Battering banana, battering <laughs> banana ram. Episode title. But um, <laughs> the, the hyperspace battering ram, I would have never expected them to actually do that on screen. More than once during that, during that, you know, kind of. Uh, I'm writing that down. <laughs> During that ex- that exchange between the First Order and the, and uh, the Rebels, uh, yeah, I, I know enough about Star Wars that I knew that if that's what they attempted, that that that's what would happen. But I, never, never have we gotten to a point on where we've actually went down that path. You know what I mean? We've mm-hmm. seen starships crash into planets and crash into each other, yeah, and asteroids and everything else. But that is that that's what's so nice about. Star Wars is, you know, a lot of uh, Star Trek fans specifically complain about Star Wars because it's so much space magic. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. But Star Wars also has a lot of science shit. You start to hurl something faster than the speed of light towards something else. Bad shit's going to happen. Yes. Lots. And and they did it. So Uh, Alex says she can't take credit for uh, weapons grade dickheads. Bubbles, Trailer Park Boys. Ah, that's where I recognized it. Bubbles gets a lot of gets a lot of credit for some awesome quotes. Bubbles is my dude, and I, I kind of yes. did him a disservice just now. Bubbles is awesome. But thank you for throwing that out yes. there in the stream because that's that's good shit there. But yeah, I I, I absolutely loved. I, and I I will continue to talk about how much I love the the hyperspace battering ram. Or the light speed battering ram. Well, it was, was it was awesome. such a powerful scene, especially, you know, it, there's a big score and it's such an emotional scene, and then she hits the button and 
and it's just silent. Yeah. <laughs> chills. I have chills right now just thinking about it. You know, there was some scenes in a movie that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the episode that mm-hmm. was very similar to that. There is so many powerful things that, that you as a filmmaker can do with sound. And I think, we're, I think we're getting to the point now where people are starting to pick up on it again. Mm-hmm. You look at The Phantom Menace, okay? Oh, it's a, it's a pre- Duel of the Fates. The Duel of the Fates. Yes. You cannot hear that without knowing what it is. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you cannot see Obi-Wan and Darth Maul dueling without Duel of the Fates in the background and not say, where the fuck's my music at? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a part of that movie. So, I don't, yeah, I, I can't say enough about the hyperspace battering ram, but I've rambled for like 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. You're good. What do you think about the solo trailer? I Because really you and I have not it. talked about it a lot. No, we haven't. We've barely talked this week in general, I think. Because um, we've been on opposite ends of the spectrum. The spectrum being the sealer deck. I was yes. going to say, like, mental health, but go ahead. <laughs> you've, you've been more autistic this week? Yes. Uh no, uh, I I really enjoyed this newest trailer. Uh, it, it it really shows a lot more of what's his name, the guy playing Han, Alden Ehrenreich. It really it really shows off that guy's uh, potential to play Han Solo, like his cadence, uh, his mannerisms. He's get, he's got he's got Han Solo Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford Han Solo era uh, mannerisms down. Mm-hmm. Well, you can definitely you he can, couldn't even Hans or Harrison Ford could barely even do that in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. You can definitely, or at least I can definitely imagine that um, when when Harrison Ford visited the set of Solo um, a couple months ago before they wrapped up shooting that that definitely made a difference. You know, you've got someone who's played the character for 40 years show up and be like, you're doing a good job or you're not doing a good job. I'm going to tell you one way or another. And he's, Harrison Ford's known for being brutally honest. Yeah. Well, and especially with a franchise that for a long time he's wanted to disassociate himself from. Because though, uh, you know, he was an American graffiti and that was was kind of a cult classic for the time. Wasn't he like a carpenter on the set? Yes. When he got cast? Yep. And so when he got cast as as Han, he was just reading lines as a fill-in. And Lucas is like, uh, uh, do you want a job? Right. And at first, Harrison was like, well, I'm kind of building your sets and stuff. And he's like, no, do you want to star in the movie? And Harrison's like, eh. I mean, and part of that probably has something to do with, like, budget and whatnot. Right. I mean, Star Wars, it wasn't a high-budgeted film. No. At the time. I mean, it may have been for its time. I don't even think it was for its time. Yeah, true. Because so many of the special effects were practical. And 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 that's what made a lot of that movie so special. Those movies so special, Mm -hmm. the practical effects. And you know people shit all over the prequels because of the the prequels and the the digital reissues of the original trilogy. But yeah, no, I I, I, I you get to see a little bit more Lando. You get to see some Woody Harrelson. Uh, you get to see some Paul Bettany. Yeah, you get to see some Paul Bettany, who I didn't even know was in this movie. Yep, he is the villain, from my understanding. And yeah, and 
he he seems to have some sort of uh, light whip, which is or was in uh, it was canon. The light whip, which is a lightsaber whip, uh, it, it was canon until uh, Disney took over. So now it's just vibro whip. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a whip. I think it's it, just it, it's like some kind of string, some kind of rope string, and it seems to have some cutting capability with light or energy. It looks cool either way. Yeah. It reminds me and of Yondu's, Yondu's uh, arrow. His face is all scarred up. Yeah. Looks like he's been fucking... Scars make you look badass and tough. Yeah. But it's Paul Bettany, so... I mean, it'll, So he is badass and tough. It'll be really it'll be really interesting to see how much... And, and see, this is part of the conversation that Brandon and I had the other day was... Woody Harrelson's character. How much of his character... Are we really going to dive into in the film? Is he going to be the mentor that keeps Han on the on the? Obviously, he's telling Han that once you become a criminal, you're going to be a criminal yeah. forever. Um, but is he is he trying to keep Han kind of on the right path as a good criminal, like not killing people who don't need to be killed, not stealing from people who have nothing? You know the the lowest of the low is when people steal from people who have nothing. Yeah. So. Is this going to be uh, Woody Harrelson's character kind of teaching Han how to be a Robin Hood type character, you know? Or is he going to be the piece of shit that betrays Han and shows Han the darker side of the criminal underworld? and shows Because in the trailer he says, if you never trust anyone, you'll never be betrayed. I think that's how he says it. Mm. But if you, if you never trust anyone, you can never be betrayed. Foreshadowing. So is he maybe going to be the one that betrays Han in the end? Mm-hmm. And that's how Han... You know, in A New Hope, Han is not the same person that he is in, in The La- Return of the Jedi and, no, and, and The Force Awakens. He's very gruff, seat of your pants, you know, devil-may-care attitude. Maybe that's the attitude that he has because of what... How this guy, you know, kind of steered him. Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how Paul Bettany and Woody Harrelson's characters affect Han and um, what's her name the the actress in Amelia the Clark. Thank you, Amelia Clark. Miss Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if maybe she's the one that puts a bad taste in Han's mouth for the sophisticated refined woman but who is also not a damsel you know because in a new hope uh han kind of see and, and uh empire strikes back for for that matter kind of seems like he's done this before mm-hmm. you know he he's been around the strong independent woman who doesn't need someone to save her all the time maybe this is the girl that that taught that's that taught on how to uh Woo the ladies, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you know, Star Wars is known for having like very strong female leads roles. Well, look at look at Padme. Padme wasn't yeah. even a damsel in distress. No, she wasn't. You know, uh, Jen Erso definitely wasn't a damsel. I mean, she was beating people's ass the whole fucking movie. Juno Eclipse from uh, yep. Force Unleashed. Yep. You know, you go into the expanded universe. You've got Mara Jade, mm-hmm. who was Luke's. Uh, Sith assassin wife. Um, <laughs> I I see. I don't know much about that side of the EU. Well, it was originally canon. Yes. So 
not to tangent too far, but the Emperor had Mara Jade, who was a Force-sensitive assassin, used a red lightsaber. She He ordered her to kill Luke Skywalker. And uh, Luke basically Stockholm syndromed her and uh, yeah. wooed her to his cause, and then they got married and had children. So that's the gist of it. But, uh, yeah, I'm just... I, I'm a lot after definitely after the second trailer. I'm a lot more excited for it than I was three weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was pretty excited. Okay, so I originally wasn't excited until the Super Bowl trailer, and then that that we had a lot of the same concerns. Yes, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 on board. I'm completely on board. Yeah, if I wasn't hooked for the Super Bowl trailer, I'm definitely hooked now. Because the action sequences look good, the comedy mm-hmm. doesn't look over the top. It looks like it looks like the 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 comedic elements look like they fit in a yes. Star Wars film. Uh, um, we've you know you made the point right before we started the show. It'll be interesting to see who voices the droid and how this droid plays out. I mean, we can look that up right now. I'm not going to, but we could, and we'll fit because yeah. But, but you you know Lando has a relationship with Han mm-hmm. and Chewie. Mm-hmm. In uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi, we don't see this droid anywhere. No. So maybe this was Lando's right-hand dude, and he's gone at the I, end of this I film. I think it's voiced by a woman. I, I think so. Uh, I think it's because uh, uh, he, he also refers to her as babe or baby or something. Oh, I, I didn't, when he's, I when didn't he's catch When he's piloting the, the Falcon. Um. But either way, this is this is his co-pilot, his mm-hmm. the one that's got his back all the time. And you know, you made the point that they did such a good job with K2SO mm-hmm. in Rogue One. Let's see maybe if we keep that up because we we need we need good droid characters in we all do. these films. We've always had great droid characters. Uh I mean R2D2 and C3PO. We got uh K2SO. Uh you BB8? BB8. Duh. Oh, you can't forget BB-8. Who could have thought that that you could outdo R2-D2? I thought I was going to hate BB-8. Oh, I did too. Everybody did. But and he he made that movie shine. He's not he's not R2-D2. He's not C-3PO. He's not K-2. He's quirky. He's quirky. He's he's his own he's his own droid. And, let's and not, I like it. Let's not forget for those who have played uh, Knights of the Old Republic, HK-47. Yeah. I loved HK forty seven. What was the little the little uh the the like astromech track oh, droid you had to T T eight, something like that. Maybe it was T T eight. I can't remember. But he was kinda funny. Yeah, I don't remember him much. Uh speaking of Knights of the Old Republic, Xbox just announced that yeah. Kotor two is now backwards compatible on the Xbox One, so And Jedi Academy and Jedi Starfighter. Yes. And Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2, the originals, not the crap new ones. Yeah. But that's that's really cool for me because I bought Knights of the Old Republic for 10 bucks on Xbox Live, and I'm playing through it for my first time. Oh, that's awesome. I, that is awesome. I, I've been giving it I've, I've been giving it about a four-month break <laughs> because I got to a point on where I can't beat a mission, but I need to beat a mission, so I got to go grind. Where so, you at? Well, I went to Tatooine, and I was trying to beat kill the uh the crate dragon yeah 
But to beat the crate dragon, you have to fight the stupid sand people. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and those stupid sand people annihilate my shit no matter what I do. So I gotta go grind some more. Yeah, so I went to Kashik and then then I, I died and lost like four hours of, of playthrough. So I had to go back and redo it over again. And then after I did that, I had to give it a break. Corbin's my favorite part of that game. Corbin. I was gonna go there last. It's my favorite part because you get so much Sith history. Uh, no, you're. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, you you've seen my background on my phone. Yeah, it's the tenants of the Sith that will be tattooed on my body. I've never seen that actually. Yes, I've never seen have. that on your phone. Yes, you have. Then why have I never said anything about it to you? I've. I honestly, I've never looked at your phone. I've. I've. Sh I showed you this the day that I put it on my phone. I don't even remember that. No. I don't look at people's phones. I don't look at people's phones. Yeah, but it's not that you looked at it. Can you I tell me what's on mine, Miranda? Yeah, it's some wrestling dude. No, it's not some wrestling dude. It's Terry Crews. He's not a wrestler. Terry Crews is a paladin. Oh, yeah, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Some wrestling dude. When did you change that? That's been like that for like a month now. It, the, the picture is from a meme, and it says when you put all your all your skill points into uh, charisma and uh, strength. And it's got a picture of Terry Crews wearing some like fucking knight's armor and shit. It's awesome. And he's smiling with that super charming smile. All right. Okay, yeah, the Sith Code. I love the Sith Code. So much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. So this image that I have as my background, it's a like menacing-looking Sith holding Kylo Ren in his hand. With his lightsaber in front of his hand. It's got TIE Fighters as a background or as a border. But the, the Sith Code is peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion I gain strength. Through strength I gain power. Through power I gain victory. Through victory my chains are broken. The force shall set me shall set me free. I love I love the Sith Code. Um I used to uh write Star Wars fan fiction. And I had a, I had a we Sith talked character. about that on my debut episode. Yes, and I had a Sith character, uh, Darth Apollyon. It was fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, kind of segueing out of that, but still keeping on topic, we brought up Amelia Clark. Mm -hmm. um, what are all the different ways you've heard uh, her character's name pronounced? <laughs> Which character? Daenerys. Daenerys Targaryen, that's it. I've heard Daenerys, I've heard Daenerys, I've heard... This This is my least favorite, and it annoys the ever-living hell out of me when Jennifer Wheeler says it. I've also heard a couple other people say it, but it, she's the most recent one I've heard it. Daenerys. Mm -hmm. Fucking simple folk. Honey, you need Jesus. You heard it here. Jennifer needs Jesus. <laughs> it's Daenerys. It's Daenerys. I, I used to say Daenerys, and I, I, I go back and forth between Daenerys and Daenerys, but Daenerys is the one I say the most. <laughs> <laughs> she puts up a middle finger emoji in the chat. In the comments, chat, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same. Yeah, it's, it's the same. We're all in the Matrix anyway. So this last weekend, I had... We Miranda and I we got out of town. We went over to Ohio. Uh, 
backtracking a little bit past that, I, a couple months ago I found out that a Mr. Pod Daddy, Nate Phillips, his band Walk Among Us, him and Veronica, uh, their band Walk Among Us was playing Columbus, Ohio. I couldn't let this slide. I was like, bro, my mom lives in Columbus, Ohio. I, I'm going to see if she'll let you guys stay there the night, that night because that's a long-ass drive. So I hit up my mom. I'm like, hey, this weekend of April 7th, uh, my friend's band is going to be in Ohio, or Columbus, Ohio. Uh, if myself and mo- more than likely Miranda come, can we all just crash at your place? I mean, obviously, I know me and Miranda can. But I was like, hey, can my friend's band crash at She's you? Like, you actually sure. have to ask because your mom hates you? I, she does not hate me. She does not. Ma'am. But no, so she's Jeez like, pass. she's all about it. She's like, sure, hell yeah. And so oh, yeah, man. time passes by, the weekend comes, we go down there. We have quite the awesome ride over to Columbus. Uh, Miranda and I had some fantastic conversation that I wish we could have recorded because it would have, it was like a two hour, it was like a two hour straight conversation of just like multiple topics. And they were all really in depth, really great. Uh, it was it was podcast worthy, and we could have had a whole episode of fucking podcast feed just from that. And Miranda disappointed us like always. No, it wasn't her. It wasn't. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I keyed. I keyed. <laughs> I keyed. Uh, I, I wish we would have had some like some some microphone set up in my car. You should for the just way take over. the Zoom with you everywhere you go. I had the Zoom with me because this episode was actually supposed to be. Me, Nate, Veronica, Sarah, Rob, if you wanted to be on it. and uh, But I'm going to get there. So we get over to Ohio. We uh, we get there and bring all our stuff into my mom's place. And then they're at their clubhouse. The, they're, they have a fan. Their, their neighborhood is a really nice, rich neighborhood. And they have like a golf course within the neighborhood. And there is a club house. With full bar, full pub, all kinds of shit. It's a clubhouse for it's a golf clubhouse. course. Yeah, it's a. They are all like that, and it, it, this is very ritzy. So we and they're like, "Hey, come on over." So that, like, she they wait, have a, wait, wait, they have wait, a clicker. Wait. They have your, a clicker for the gate to get onto the to get to the club. Your your mom lives on the Heritage Golf Course. Yes, Heritage Lakes <sighs> neighborhood. Yeah, I see this because I didn't know that. It, it just it, it clicked in my mind because we use heritage so much that as soon as I saw the sign, I was like, oh, my God, how did I not know this before? Because I never cared before. But so we get over there. That's some heritage shit right there. Hell, yeah. We get over there. We I have myself a nice pulled pork sandwich from their I, clubhouse. I don't know that I've seen you eat ever eat anything other than a sandwich or pizza. I eat steaks. I'm safe. I eat steaks. I eat tacos. Chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. I watch him eat tacos every Thursday. We we went to Rookies. I watch Nick and Zach. I watch him eat tacos tomorrow. You and I went to Rookies for Taco Tuesday with Nick and Zach. The old smoke shack. Mm -hmm. So we uh, fast forward to the next day. We're hanging out. We go to like some home. Uh, home improvement uh, expo, expo, 
and we check out all the home improvement stuff. That was cool. We can't do. <laughs> yeah, we can't do because we don't own a home and don't. Yeah. You could have brought me some pamphlets or something. It, it, <laughs> piece of shit. I didn't even think about that. I own a fucking home. I do home shit. I don't think they're gonna come all the way through Lafayette. I don't Maybe know. Maybe there was cool ideas they had for bone me to dry do roofing. Stuff. Roofing. <laughs> <laughs> they had bone dry roofing, which is a company that uh, does roofs around here. So ha. Jokes on you, Miranda. She said ha. She said that they're they wouldn't come over here. She doesn't have a microphone. She will she will soon. I thought I was gonna have one. I forgot to set it up. So that's on me. Oh, it is. Yep. I, I Yep, she'll get she'll get a mic here soon. One of these time, one of these moments when Tyler starts rambling and shit, uh, um, which he does. He talks a lot. I do that. That's okay. That's okay because I don't talk a ton. That's why I'm the star of the show. Yes, I agree. Uh, so we're we're at this home improvement show. We go home, hang out for a little bit. We we uh, I forgot to mention we went to um, Wolf's Ridge Brewery Brewing Company in Columbus, and uh, that beer was okay. Uh, we, I tried uh, one of the stouts that they have there. I tried their IPA, which was Why did okay. you try a stout when you hate stouts? I don't hate stouts. I just, but no, okay. So I don't like stouts, but because, because I'm willing to try, I, I, I'm willing to keep trying and, you know, expanding my, I used to not like IPAs. I used to not like beer at all. Either way, I'm, I'm willing to like, you know, ex- still experience things. Whether I like it or not. Whether I know I'm going to like it or not. <laughs> what are you doing? Parting my hair because okay. I'm tired of hearing you talk. Okay. <laughs> but I had the burger I had there was awesome. It was great. Sandwich? <laughs> oh, no. He got a plain old burger. Yeah, I just... Amazing I, food. He's like, can I just get a... Like, because the only the only things they had there was like some Hawaiian burger and I'm like I'm I don't like pineapple. Brenda. I don't like pineapple. Don't look at me like that. Have you ever had fresh pineapple? No. Okay. I used to hate pineapple too, and then I had fresh pineapple, and it changed my fucking outlook on life. Fresh pineapple is delicious, and it belongs on pizza. I I, I will agree. It does belong on pizza. Hawaiian pizzas are good. I do like Hawaiian pizzas. So you like pineapple? <laughs> On pizza. Boom. Anyway, so fast forward, we're home. Nate and crew finally show up around 6.30, I think. Two yeah, two of them. So Nate and Veronica show up. Uh, Sarah and Rob are nowhere to be found. I think they, they ran into some really bad traffic or something. I don't remember what Nate said. So we hang out for a little bit. Uh, the, okay, so back backtrack a little bit. The night before, one of my mom's friends, Gina, she talked a lot. Mm-hmm. She was very excitable, talked a ton, very loud and obnoxious. Um, we told we told her where we were going for the show, Nate's show. She's like, "Oh yeah," she talked like she knew about the place, like it was a really great place. Back to present, not present now, but where we're at in the story. We f- we drive over to this place, the the tree, the tree bar, which is a bar that has a tree stump in the middle of the live venue section of it. A big ass tree stump, big ass tree stump. Did you ride it? No. Damn it. Um, 
And so we are, yeah, see, there's a picture. Miranda has a picture. <laughs> I can't zoom in and look at the tree. This is 2018. I know not to swipe through the phone. God, I'm not an animal. Um, so we, we, we're looking for this place and it's apparently in the middle of an alley somewhere in Northern Columbus, North end Columbus, North end downtown Columbus. And we, it looks so shady. Like it, you, you literally can't see it from a road. You have to go into an alley. To Could find you have it. bought some meth if you wanted to? Oh, more than likely. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. It's Columbus. Um, uh, so after literally driving around the block like five times looking for a place to park, we finally settle on this uh, business that's a, like a plumbing business or some shit. They, they weren't in operating hours, so we decided to, all of us to park in their parking lot, which is right beside the venue. We go in. It's a really seedy place. Like, run down. Not, does not look good. It's, it's good. I mean, sure. I'm sure it was great for like metal music and punk music. Which I asked, and they're like, yeah, we play a lot of metal and punk here. I'm like, sweet. I thought I was going to get AIDS touching something when you saw that. Miranda thought she was going to get AIDS touching something. There. I remember when I got AIDS. Hepatitis something. I've so, got all of them. The whole alphabet. Nate also told me before the show, before we even left my mom's, hey, I talked to the guy at the venue, and I told him, you're our sound guy. I'm like, Nate, I've never run sound for anything. I've never ran sound for anything. Why did you do that? He's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. I was like, I don't know how the fuck to do that. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll walk you through it when we get there. I'm like, ugh. So we get there, and I see the board, and it's just like literally like a really basic mixing board on the wall, like like this, like straight up and down against the wall. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? It, it's it was it was ridiculous. They so are you a certified sound engineer now? No, I didn't end up doing sound at all. They I didn't. They ended up just setting. Nate ended up setting the board, and which the bartender or the bartender was this was the promoter slash sound guy. He's like, I'm gonna leave this all to you because I got to run the bar. <laughs> wow, wow, we and he's like. We also have two stage monitors, but one of them's not working, so you only have one monitor for your entire band. <sighs> I heard that from the back of the room, him talking to Nate, and I'm like, that's going to be fun. Sarah's not going to like that. Sarah is, from what I've seen, notorious, in Lafayette at least, for hating the sound guys. Because our sound guys here in Lafayette, from the shows that they've been at, have sucked. And so <laughs> I didn't she she was cool. She was cool whole show. Awesome. I was really surprised. But they ended up setting the one monitor on top of the tree stump, which is center stage, literally right up against the stage. And you know, the whole show sounded great. The whole show sounded great. They finished their set. Uh we all they load out. I'm like uh, Miranda and I, we were just, we were done. It was like 10.30. We're like, we're done. <laughs> so, we're, hey, uh, we're going to head back to my mom's. Uh, I told them I would wait up so we could record. 
they didn't know if they could leave early or if they had to wait until the end of the set to get paid. And I was like, okay, well, either way, just let me know. We're going to go get something to eat and head home. Head home. I wait. I wait. It's finally like 1230. I'm, I'm talking to Nate and I'm like, yeah, we're just going to have to do this in the morning. And he says, well, we have to leave by like 7 or 8. I'm like, all right, we're not going to do this. <laughs> and that, that bummed me out because, you know, I finally, at that point, I was like, I'm going to bed. I get a message from Veronica at 3.30. Hey, we're like three minutes away. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I got that in the morning when I woke up. And then 7.30, I wake up. I think they're... I think they're getting up and getting ready to head out. So I go downstairs. Mom's dog starts barking at me. I see a bunch of stuff that they left for my mom on the table as like a, hey, thank you. And uh, I thought they already left. So I was like, well, that sucks. I didn't get to say goodbye, but oh well. So I go back upstairs, fall asleep till about nine. Or it was like quarter till nine, I woke up and I had a text. I had a message from Nate saying, Hey man, we're up and about to leave. And that was like at 8.15. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I just barely missed him. You're such a terrible host. I just barely missed him. So I, it bums me out that I didn't really get to hang out with them or do the show. Our uh, good friend Travis comments in the live stream, 30%. That's yeah. your 30% effort yeah. there. Speaking of 30%, can you hand me a beer? 30% over the way. I'll go the other 70. The one time I'll go over 30. <laughs> I don't care which. Ooh. Anti-hero. You've drank that like every show for like the last three weeks. I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm not a big fan of this Galaxy Hero, by the way. That's I, why it's taking me so long to drink it. I absolutely hated it. I don't hate it. I mean, I would probably I drink it. it again. I'm just not a big fan. I hated it. I know why you don't like it. Galaxy Hops, bro. Yeah, Galaxy Hops. They're not the Idaho 7. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have been at that beer school with Did me. Did you know that this doesn't contain any dirt? Really? Yeah, no dirt. Does it specifically say that on the can? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> So that that concludes my uh, Ohio story. That was so riveting. So yep. It was. It was. Yes, it was like Cameron was telling me a story. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope, I, was, I hope I wasn't Cameron bad. You were pretty close. Ah oh, shit. Ah oh, shit. Are you ready to talk about the thing that we did separately but together at the same time? Because we're always connected. Yes. We saw a quiet place. Yeah. Um, my wife and I saw it Saturday. You guys saw it Sunday. Yeah, like an hour. Well, <laughs> so we get home and we we unload and we just kind of pass out or un, unknowingly pass out on my bed. And we had already got our ticket reserved for uh, 5 o'clock. <laughs> we wake up at like 4.40 and I'm like, oh shit, we fell asleep. <laughs> We gotta go. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and get Miranda set up because she, she's gonna talk about this too with us. 
but go ahead and talk about a quiet place. Tyler. So um, going into a quiet place, I was excited to see the movie. Um, it's one of the few movies that's not like a major franchise that I've been, excuse me, really hyped to see for a long time. And, uh, you know, not that I really pay attention to it, but Rotten Tomatoes has given it 100% fresh, which is rare uh, in today's time. So I was excited for that. And it was something that John Krasinski directed and uh, he also starred in it. And I, I love him. You know, he's he's definitely stepped out of his shell as as the, uh, the guy on The Office, you know. So... Um, I was a little bit disappointed overall. I was I was disappointed. Skylar was also disappointed. Um, you know, you and I, you I'll let you delve into it farther. Uh, but you know, we made it the whole entire movie without something cheesy and stupid. And the la- literally the last fifteen seconds of the movie is something incredibly cheesy and stupid. And it it, it almost ruined the movie for me. And I'm pretty sure it ruined the movie for you. It honest. didn't ruin the movie, but it. Definitely, it. I remember I audibly said something aloud as it happened in the theater. Because, uh, yeah, that it was so cheesy. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but I, I really liked Emily Blunt's performance. Yeah, she, she does. She did. She is a fantastic actress. Um, the. Uh, I would almost put her as as the main character, the daughter who is deaf in yeah. the film. After the film, I was doing, or after the movie, I was doing some research, and she is actually deaf in real life. Which, you know, I I don't want to say I pity her because I don't I don't pity anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I I feel bad because of her circumstances. She became deaf at the age of twelve months old due to a medication overdose, which is unfortunate because she could have had. You know, we as as regular people, we as people in general, not regular people, we as people take for granted the ability to speak and see and hear things. And this this uh, actress, unfortunately, only had 12 months of sound. And then, yeah. you know, she's now going to become an adult in the next couple of years and she'll never, never have that. Unless we have some miracle in technology correct um but you know they did they did some interesting things with cinematography you know you and i talked earlier in the episode about how powerful sound and score and things like that are and yeah. uh they did it in this movie that yeah. that's what the, that was the star of this film one yeah like the way that they they use the there's not a lot of sound Mm-mm. in this movie there's not a lot of background music uh, and so it makes the moments that there is sound really impactful. Well, especially, you know, I leaned over to Skylar the first couple moments of the movie and I said, did you notice that when they switch perspectives from Krasinski and Emily Blunt and the other children to the deaf girl that it goes from having like ambient sounds to having no sound? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no. And then right after I said that, it switched back to her perspective and it was complete absence of sound. It was just... It's it's that drum that it's 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 hard to explain because you know I can hear but it's it's that, that almost that drone of no of absence of sound 
Like see, the, the sound is there, but it's but it's it's just completely empty. You see, in our viewing of a quiet place, uh, we had a constant um, <laughs> white noise, if you will, of three high schoolers behind us. Mm. Who has friends and who doesn't have friends and who likes who? I think they knew we were getting frustrated too because I think um, the girl in the middle was trying to like kick my chair and the girl was like, stop it, Sarah, stop it. Uh, it wasn't, an, I didn't start getting pissed off. I, I, I mean, yeah, I was getting pissed off, but uh, the there's two girls and one guy. And was he a normal gay? He was, he was a tool gay. <laughs> he was a tool gay. He was a tool, he was a high school tool gay. Uh, and he, he started trying to act all tough, so just making fun of it, like, yeah. what a fucking pussy, fucking pussy, and just like, shoot him, just shoot him, just shoot him, and I'm, and at that point, like, I had my arm, I had my arm with Miranda, but at that point, like, I sat up in my chair, and like, I audibly huffed, <laughs> <laughs> I audibly, and he like, put his arm like back here, like like yeah, and yeah, I was, I was very close to pulling in Nate Phillips and basically telling him to shut the fuck up. I've done that multiple times uh, in theaters. It's very satisfying. When we, when uh, the the network went and saw Justice League, were you were you there? No, you weren't there for Justice League. Uh, we had two little kids behind us, talking the whole movie. And at uh, maybe not the whole movie, but after a certain point, Nate got fed up and said, "He turns around. And he says, hey, are you guys gonna t- are you guys gonna do this the whole movie? Shut up!'" <laughs> and they shut the fuck up after that. What did you say when we were leaving the place? I said something about those were high school kids, and you like screamed really loud. Oh like, yeah, oh. I said something like, "Oh, I don't even remember," You're but like, oh. I know I said, "Shut the fuck up." At that won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it when you have a movie that has no sound. No sound, you hear everything that's around you. So, we were only like in the theater people. with about 10 people and they were all all spread out throughout the theater. I mean, that's kind of how it was for us. So, we were in a row entirely by ourselves. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, we had people in front of us, we had people nope. behind us. Yeah. Uh, just because that's just where center of we had a good fifteen view. to twenty chair buffer around us everywhere. That would have been nice, mm-hmm. but we we were not so fortunate. Even though I mean it was a Sunday at five o'clock, mm-hmm. like not prime time viewing hours. Well, see, we went Saturday at noon. Ooh. That was the first showing that they had. I I love. I've said it before. I love going to the movies. The best time to go to the movie is the weekends. Like right the 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 first showing that any movie has yeah nobody wants to get out of bed on saturday and sunday nobody thinks man the weather's really nice i'm gonna go to the movies that is the perfect time to go that yeah there's been a few times like i've done that uh i think two years ago like i saw deadpool and i saw captain america civil war and uh x-men apocalypse all first first showing of the movie on a saturday I see you got some crystal vision from 450 North over there. I do. I need to get rid of it. Um, I've had it for like a month. 
Anyway, so uh, what I really enjoyed about this movie, aside from John Krasinski being awesome as always, his his role was very disappointing. It, it wasn't quite. It wasn't disappointing to me. I I wanted more of him because he's John Krasinski, and you know, he he directed this movie. Did he did he write this too? I don't know. But he directed it and he starred in it, and you know, I saw a thing. Uh, somewhere on the Facebooks uh, of his character in The Office and side comparison with A Quiet Place. And it says he built his career in The Office playing a character that basically all he does, he doesn't have very many lines in The Office from what I've never watched The Office aside from a little bit. He doesn't have very many lines, but he does a lot of looking at the camera and reacting to whatever's going on around him, which is a quiet place mm-hmm. like he's built his entire career leading up to this and bearded john krasinski though awesome oh yeah uh the creatures i i was impressed with those. i was very impressed with the creature mm-hmm. uh the these these creatures that hunt by sound mm-hmm. uh, they're blind and they're very uh lethal they, In- they incredibly w- armored I don't even know if they're incredibly armored. Yeah, they it don't said look... it on the. Well, it says armored like question mark or something oh. like. He and doesn't, then he doesn't know what kind of armor they have because no one survives long enough to fucking look at it. The... By the way, we're going into spoiler territory. Yeah, the the news articles <laughs> that he's got pasted up say the bullets won't penetrate their armor, so they're incredibly armored. So why didn't you like it, Tyler? Why were you disappointed? <sighs> I did not like the I love I love it when in movies when someone sacrifices themselves for someone else and it's meaningful. Um I was very aggravated when the child main character turns her hearing aid off and then he John Krasinski dies yelling at a monster. Mm-hmm. Fight that motherfucker. Fight for your life. Don't just stand there and let it kill you. Yell. Shoot that motherfucker in the face. Mm-hmm. Hit it with an axe. Do something. Don't fucking stand there and let it eviscerate you. That is a problem. Because you're not... And this goes back to what I said earlier. It's complaining about something that I shouldn't complain about. But you're going to tell me that your kids are in that in that vehicle... And you're just going to yell and let it fucking leap at you and kill you. No, you're going to run. You're going to you're going to fight that motherfucker yeah. as best as you can. And he, he does that right before that. In the most part, the thing fucking leaps at him off of a, a lean to and he tries yeah. and hits it with an axe. Yeah. And it fucking mauls him. But mauls him and fails to kill him. But, yeah. you know, I mean, regardless, I mean, yeah, I agree. He. Completely agree. He could have fucking shot at it. Could have fucking fought at, as well as yelling and getting his attention. Mm-hmm. However, I think the performance in that particular moment was really powerful, and because like it was, and it, because don't get the, me wrong, I mean, you hear it in his voice. Like, I mean, at first he signs to his daughter that, that he's always loved her. He says, "I love you. I always have loved you," because she thinks uh, early in the movie their youngest dies because she gave him. gave him a toy that made and sound that, that and that's Krasinski a moment took away yeah and that's a moment in the trailer that 
you think is just part of the movie. You don't know what happens mm-hmm. uh, where the sound goes off on this r- little toy rocket ship. And that's when they all turn and look at him and he starts running to try to silence it. And so the, once again, we're going into spoiler territory. So if you don't want to hear about a quiet place, mute this for a little bit, but I mean, even though we've kind of spoiled a little bit already, but sorry. Um, so creature comes, kills youngest child. It, there, there's a time jump. That was day like what? 82, 85, 80, I think 85 or whatever. It's, it's in the eighties regardless. Uh, that's where the movie starts. It jumps to day 400, 412, 412. And so that's a year. Pretty much a year. A year since their youngest dies. Um, oldest, his oldest thinks he blames her and doesn't love her because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes that moment really powerful because his son has already told her, told him that she thinks he doesn't love her. Well, and th- there's, there's so much more on top of that too because Emily Blunt blames herself the mom character blames herself and yeah. you know that the dad character is blaming himself and then the boy so the the middle boy mm-hmm. doesn't blame anybody and he's not gripped with this grief he's just sad but he's accepted that he's sad and it, it was a very 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 cool dynamic to see because mm-hmm. you've got You've got three characters that are all filled with blame and self-doubt and none of them are to blame entirely. You know, they're all kind of to blame a little bit, but they're all, even though they're all working towards the same goal of survival in a way that they're, they were actually working against each other because of their self-doubt and blaming themselves. And they're not, they're not letting go and moving on. And the mom character is pregnant, mm-hmm. which as a parent makes it that much more. You know, I, I can't imagine what it feels like to, to lose a child. Mm-hmm. You know, our child, you should, a parent should never die or a, a parent should never live longer than their children. Yeah. Um, but then to bring another child into the world that you lost your youngest child, you know, there, there were so many cool, cool little things like that. Yeah. So going back to John Krasinski death scene, he 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 signs that he loves her, he loves them, because the the daughter and the son are in this truck be about, and this this creature is on top of it, just trying to drill through it and mm-hmm. fucking get to them. He signs to them, "I love you, I have always loved you." I think that was there more or no? Okay, that was it. And then he yells at the top of his lungs and you know you hear you hear all the emotion in that mm-hmm. yell you hear all you hear all that emotion his voice cracks is it, it, it goes from it goes in different pitches because he is just putting 150 percent into this yell and that's when the thing turns looks at him takes him out you know and then they're able to get away mm-hmm. and uh yeah a very powerful scene um uh, so another another cool thing. 
So we're living in this world where most of the population has been taken. Another thing I want to add, when he's on top of the silo and he, he lights the fire and you see all the surrounding fires from other properties, mm-hmm. that was cool. So that shows that other people are surviving. Yeah, they're I dug not, that. They're not alone. Um, then there was also, um, going off of that, there's also the scene where they're walking and they see the old man and he just yells. Because his wife's dead. Yeah. And it's like, and oh. it- I looked at that guy, I'm, I looked at that guy. I looked at I looked at him. I'm like, oh, that motherfucker. He is gonna fuck them over. Oh, yeah, there he goes. Why? Why exactly is his wife dead? She got attacked. Yeah. If, you're, if you look at her, she's bleeding. She's like, de- well, I don't yeah, know. but is she bleeding because he attacked her because he's starving to death? I don't know. And he fucking lost maybe his she mind. Made a noise and she got attacked by the monster. But yeah, and he gave up. So he's like. Oh. Yeah, I I, I kind of laughed at that scene. That was a, a very bit. well, but it was a very interesting scene because I the way that they shot it, I couldn't tell if he killed his wife. You know, you go to post-apocalyptic, which is what this is. It is. You know, it's an apocalypse. Essentially, yeah. Um, you go post-apocalyptic, and it's like, well, you run out of food. If you're not able to provide for yourself, you're going to start eating people. You know, that's that's in our human condition. If mm-hmm. we run out of food, we will eat each other. That's part of who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, our brains can't really cope with the fact that we're eating other people, but we eat fucking other people. We do it. There's people today that eat other people. So that's what I thought of right away, that he killed his wife. Bath salts are crazy. Right. But, (laughs) you know, that he killed his wife in like a fit of desperation, and then before he commits the act of fucking eating her, he, he realizes what he's done, and then he fucking gives up, you know. So. at Possible scenario, yes. So I like that a lot of a lot of this movie is very vague. Yeah, and and, and you know that's one thing. Uh, I think I told you this earlier in this earlier in the week. Um, everybody expects information to be handed to them. Everybody expects that we need to know everything. No, we don't. And that's what makes in- the stories interesting is when you don't know things. I would have liked just a little bit of. Not necessarily the origins of the creatures, but like, did they come out of the ground? Did they come from space? Did we create them in a lab? Yeah. I would have liked a little bit of information of the catalyst that set the world on fire. You know what I mean? I'm just glad they showed us characters or the creatures because in the trailer, right? nothing. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it is. You just know you gotta be quiet. I, I, I don't... I don't want to say that I needed all of it, but I would have liked just a little tidbit. Look at... Look at the 1979 Ridley Scott Alien. You don't know anything about it. You know... You know where it came from. You know it came from this egg. Egg turns into the fucking spider facehugger thing and attaches the face. That's all I needed, though. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so that's a little bit of an origin, but you don't know where it came from besides the ship. But but then you don't know where the ship comes from, and that's the mystery of Alien, and that's what's drawn so many Mm -hmm. fans into Alien and why I personally love the franchise so much. And we're still getting origin from that. And we still are, and and I I really hope that they, they capitalize on everything that they did in Covenant. Because I loved Alien Covenant. It could have been better, but I still loved it. I agree. I don't want to I don't want to tangent too much on Covenant, but if you would have just given me just a little bit more, like, did these fucking things just tunnel up out of the ground and they've been there forever, like the fucking locust in Gears of War. Gears of War. Yeah. Or 
did a fucking meteorite crash to Earth and they were on the fucking meteorite or like evolution or evolution? <laughs> did, we, did we fucking create them in a lab and they fucking just escaped and yeah. murdered everyone? Yeah, you know, I would just a little bit would have gone a really long way, but I did love. As vague as it was, I loved his little sanctum where he's trying to communicate. And fi- so, and, and, so there's a scene where he's trying to communicate with other parts of the world, and he's going through a journal of radio frequencies, and every time he can't communicate with somebody else, crosses it out, he crosses yeah. it out, and the last one that he crosses Did out... Did you notice how many, how many seem to be in the area? He, he had it written down. Three. Three of them. Three what? of them in the, in the local area. Three creatures. I was just oh 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 yeah yeah I didn't I didn't understand what you're yeah, asking. Yeah, sorry, I was kind of vague. Yeah, th- three like three creatures three <laughs> creatures in the local area, but you know the last uh, the last say, this frequent is... radio frequency that he crosses out is Hong Kong. Yeah. So uh, I mean, there's three in the area, I and mean, this is a national thing, an international thing. Yeah, it's worldwide because it's all over the news, which is crazy that this these things are going about and they're able to get publication out mm-hmm. of it, and then still not stop it. Um, but what I wanted to mention is what I loved about this movie was, so you got this world where you can't make sound Mm -hmm. and what do they do? They introduce one of the, the absolute most chaotic elements that you can possibly introduce a newborn child. Mm -hmm. You cannot tell a newborn child what to do. Mm Mm-hmm. That thing is, that human, that little tiny human being is going to do whatever instinct tells it to do. Yep. With zero control whatsoever. I love the way that they handled that. Yes. You know, the little bassinet type thing with the oxygen, mm-hmm. you know, because... They were very prepared. They, they were it. very prepared. They you know, they had sound soundproof that room to the best of their ability. That is, the, the, the room itself is one of the things that I had a problem with in the movie. You know, he goes off to save the day and get his kids. You're telling me that when he came up out of the stairs, he didn't fucking hear that, that wa- water. He didn't hear or yeah, see that water. I had an issue with that pounding too. the fucking ground. You know, in a, a fucking world where you cannot make sound and you're hypersensitive to sound, you're gonna tell me that he didn't fucking notice that. That's a problem. That's a plot hole. And you know, I I liked. I really liked the sequence where the creature is down in the water with her, mm-hmm. and then it submerges itself. Yeah, like it, it knows how to handle the environment. Like it knows how to swim. And See, it's like, that was that was a very cool scene, but it still pissed me off that he just runs off to save the day. But he's looking for his kids. You think he's going to be paying attention but to the amount of the amount of time that it would take to fill up that room is not the amount of time that's represented on scene. Yeah, you're right. Because... Realistically, the amount of water that's coming out of that two-inch pipe, or through, well, we'll we'll just go large. We'll say it's a four-inch in diameter pipe. The amount of water coming out of that's like maybe a hundred gallons a minute, hundred and fifty gallons a minute at maximum. That's got to hit the ground, travel and disperse across the ground, find the low spot, and then fill that spot up enough that it floods the room and floats that bassinet. Not only is that loud, number one, but number two, that takes a lot of time. You're not flooding that room <laughs> yeah. in fucking five minutes. Yeah, you're right. So I had an issue with that as well because I mean, you clearly see it 
when he goes up. Well, the camera pans over to it and focuses yeah. on it, so it makes you hypersensitive to it. But even in you know emotion and and adrenaline and everything, he's running off to save the day. It's like, wait a minute, where's that water coming from? Yeah. Oh shit! How did that even happen, anyways? I don't know. The creature <laughs> was upstairs tearing things apart. Yeah, uh, yeah. True. Oh, when she pulled the mattress over. Yeah, when he yeah. pulled them, he he carries her down there. Pulls the mattress over and the creature's up there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the creature, it since it, it hunts by sound, sound is its strength, but it's also its weakness. It has, it has very developed uh, aud- auditory organs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they made the creature's auditory organs look just like the human yes. ear. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're, these creatures are humanoid. They have, they have very very human-like features uh, and, then, and very developed auditory nerve and organ and you you see it uh they 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 pan over it a few times it's like it's like our entire ear is actually their eardrum Mm -hmm. because you know they've got their skull and their skull opens up very ridley scott yeah alien s yeah it was i like that and then you see what looks like a human ear but that's actually the creature's entire eardrum, from what I understand. I had a sense, uh, so from the trailers, you don't see anything. Nope. Uh, you see, like, bushes rustling and shit. Well, I, you get to see the, the creature, like, running through the woods. You get to see that blur. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. So I had a sense that this movie wasn't going to show the creature. I thought, and or, and or that this creature was invisible. Still hunted by sound, but was invisible. Uh, but they did a really good job of showing, showing this thing, mm-hmm. these things, and it's very similar to a liquor from Resident Evil. Okay, I've never seen, I've never played Resident Evil. Uh, but yeah, they they did a really good job of showing the creature, um, showing what it's capable of, showing just about everything about it, without showing any uh origin or mm-hmm. anything. So, it being it being strength strength is audio, audio sound vibrations. I'm assuming too. Um, well, you know what? It, throughout the film, that's what that's what sound is: is vibrations in the air. Right. Through throughout the film, when it's trying to find, when you actually you, you, focus in on the the clicks, clicks, it is echo located. Oh yeah. So and that's really cool. I it is that. able to visually see. The world around it, based on sound that it projects from its fucking head, mm-hmm. and then that sound bounces back, and then it fucking projects the image in its mind. That's one hundred percent echolocation. Oh, yes, it is echolocating. That's why, whenever Emily Blunt's character is is uh, challenged by the monster, I would put it or the creature, I would put it that way. Um, that's why she is in danger. Whether she moves, whether she makes sound or not, that fucker is echolocating. By now, it knows what a human being looks like. Mm-hmm. They, as a collective, know what a human being looks like. Yeah, they've been hunting these things. They've been hunting them. So they've been hunting these things. Like I, I, I just spoke. I just spoke like the creatures, like the dominant, like. <laughs> what did you love it when the fucking creature smashed the raccoon in the cornfield? Yeah, it scared the shit out of me. Hell yeah! I, I fucking I knew loved it was it. gonna happen. You knew it. You had to have known it was gonna happen. Yeah, but I still made me jump. One of the things that I had a problem with. One of the things that I 
fucking 100% had a problem with, and I I cannot let this one go. I can let the Krasinski thing go. Yeah. Because that's a little bit understandable. Emotions are high, adrenaline. You know, the only thing you're worried about is your kids. Um, when the, the boy runs off through the cornfield when the creatures are close. Mm-hmm. Like, motherfucker, sit your ass on the ground and don't make any fucking sound. Mm-hmm. Quit being a fucking pussy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean, he fucking barrels off through the corn like, you want to get fucking killed? That's how you get killed. You fucking barrel off through the corn like an idiot. Yeah, corn makes a lot of sound. Yeah, and you're fucking dumb. <laughs> that kid was pretty dumb. He was fucking dumb. I did, on a positive note, when it comes to him, though, I did really appreciate the scene where uh, Krasinski, the father character, takes his son to learn how to uh, set traps and catch uh-huh. fish and provide for the family because yeah. because he knows he's not going to be there forever. It was exactly. very, it was a very uh, Cormac McCarthy, The Road type scene oh, where I love the road. The Road is great. That was a great movie. Well, the have you read the book? No. The book is a thousand times better than the movie, and Viggo Mortensen's representation Viggo. of dad is fucking fantastic. I love Viggo Mortensen. So, yeah, definitely read that book. I've got it if you want to borrow it. Um, but for, so For those listening, um, I just flashed the live feed because Mr. Wes Everett uh, said, Blaine, show me your tits in all caps. And then Nate Phillips, not long after says why did i see why did i see blaine titty you gotta see that <laughs> pay blaine. attention to the fucking comments pod daddy you gotta see that blaine titty every now and then but it was a very it was a very <laughs> cormac mccarthy type scene mm. he's a he's a very underappreciated author yeah. um but so he's taking his son he doesn't like that you don't like the crystal vision no just drink some of it so i, I don't have to drink all it. of it but so I like it. I just don't want to drink all of it. So like it vision. it was a very just take a big drink of it. It was a very um, Cormac McCarthy type scene where he is taking his son and he is trying to instill this this knowledge into his son so he can take care of his sister and his mother and the the unborn child because he knows eventually he's going to make a mistake. He's going to be caught in a situation where he's not going to be able to come out of it. And it, it is his it's it's his son's responsibility to be ready for that day to come. And his son is just petrified of making sound because he watched his younger brother be fucking eviscerated mm-hmm. by this creature because he was a fucking piece of shit who was sick or something in the very beginning of the movie. You know, fucking stand up walk have some goddamn pride he is a piece of shit he is a piece of shit so you know when krasinski takes him to the river and he's like no no i can't make sound and he's like look it's fucking science bro (laughs) this sound is louder than our sound so we can make sound and i i really appreciated that scene because that's the first time you actually hear krasinski speak in the film Mm -hmm. and it's like whoa Fucking voice, sound. I do want my. Grab the other one. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. You want uh, milkshake? Or I you, want the milkshake. Or you want this? Oh. Uh, are you willing to trade that for the milkshake? No. I'm, ooh. Why don't we share it? 
Give me the milkshake because I don't want to take that from you. I'll drink the hell out I'll of I'll trade that. the milkshake. That's up to you. I'll trade. Yeah, you can have okay. that. I just traded a uh, pretty, pretty awkward milkshake for a my last pot of gold. Oh. Tyler, don't, tell him don't that. trade this. No, trade it. I had two of them already. I was satisfied. I love, I love this beer. I love that beer. At least let me have one drink of it. I don't have to have the first one. Just let me have a drink. Have the first one. It's yours. You're a god. But, uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really, really dig this pot of gold from 450 North. Double dry hopped, double IPA with Citra, Idaho 7, Simcoe, and El Dorado hops. It's got that Idaho 7. It's got a fucking menagerie of hops that just punch you right in the taste buds, and it's fucking delicious. That that actually might be in my top two favorite 450 beers. I love it. It's it's up there for me as well. Uh, Can you- I get that? Can I get that here in town? No. Damn it. This was a limited release. God damn it. Specific for uh, St. Patty's Day. That's all right. It's really good. But so he takes his son underneath the waterfall, which they do a very good job of focusing in and raising the volume level. Because, you know, a waterfall, a, a waterfall of that size is very loud. Um, excuse me. A waterfall is very loud. So it just so happens that they have this convenient path behind the waterfall where they can talk and and uh, converse. And it kind of makes you think, like, how many times has Krasinski gone to this waterfall and cried and sobbed at the, at the, at the, the thought of losing his youngest son? Yeah. Because, in, again, it, throughout the beginning of the movie, he, he pictures that as his fault. You know, so... I really, really appreciated that scene. One gripe that I do have about that scene is from the time that they leave the waterfall till they get back to the the homestead, I'll call it, the mm-hmm. compound. Yeah, the homestead, um, for sure. They go, you know, they go through the forest. They meet that old man who, sac- who, who fucking commits um, creature suicide. Uh, it's like... Brief interruption. Um, Ethan Henderson, thank you for joining. You were talking to me yesterday about uh, watching the show today. Thank you. You're finally back on Facebook. He's back on Facebook. He's been gone for like years, I think. That's good. Facebook um, is a shit thing. He says he says it doesn't sound like mics are picking up the voice. It sounds like the webcam. That's because the webcam is picking up the picking up this audio for the live feed. Uh, however, audio is being recorded. Mm-hmm. So it, that that will sound like the mics are picking up because the mics are picking that up. Uh, eventually, we'll do it a different way, but yeah. for now, this is the best way that we have to do it. Uh, I've yet to figure out science and stuff. Right. So <laughs> it, it's just it's a it's a little bit of a, a time conundrum for me. There, you know, they 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 from the time they leave the waterfall to the time they meet the old man to the time they get home. When Krasinski and his son leave the homestead, it's it's kind of hinted at that it's a very long trip and then when they get back it's a very short amount of time yeah so i i understand uh uh, cinematically why it is that way because obviously you're not going to fill the screen with them traveling for 
hours. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you know, if I really have to pick the movie apart, they could have done a little bit better of a job there. But overall, I really, really enjoyed the movie. You know, when when my when we left the theater, my wife said, "Well, I don't know that I would buy it on DVD." Oh, I will. I certainly I definitely will. will buy it on DVD. What it's I, a cool movie to have in your collection. What I honestly. really, what I would really like to see them do is make a sequel. Hmm. Now think about this, okay? So at the end of the film, it's hinted at that Emily Blunt and her daughter have have figured out what what to do to turn the tide and beat these creatures away and kill them. Leading to the cheesiest <laughs> fucking bullshit. Which we, which we will get. We yeah. will get to here in just a minute. So I it, don't want a sequel. It's in, it's in, well, think about it. It's implied that they they have figured this out. How how cool of a concept would it be if we make a sequel? Okay, Krasinski makes a sequel. He directs it because if there's going to be a sequel, I would like to see him direct it again. Yeah. Um, and it is like uh, almost like a utopian type compound where they have very high concrete walls and it they're not quiet whatsoever but they're constantly prepared for the creatures to come and assault this location and it's full of of people that have learned from this family's uh exchange and um interaction with these creatures and they use fucking sound stuff to drive the creatures back so humanity lives on but lives on in a very small fucking community yeah with very high con- concrete walls i think that would be a really cool concept obviously this isn't going to be a fucking three hour blockbuster no but you know an hour and a half movie i think that would i think that would be cool to see how the world pans out when the two children are adults Ooh, i like it you know is she is she like a military official now is she is she the mayor of a town that has erected itself trying to survive and live uh you know for the most part copacetically copacetically with these creatures because other than defending themselves they have no interaction with them so who's to say that life in itself couldn't just be altered and then you live hand in hand with these creatures for the rest of your existence and hey if i fuck up and make sound then i die but other than that i can live you know pretty normal i think it'd be very interesting if uh the daughter became like some sort of political figure some yeah that's what i'm saying leader figure given that she's deaf and can't nobody really knows sign language you know that that other family does but you know well because Because it makes sense but you know that other communities have learned have have because sign language isn't something that's difficult to learn you look at a sheet of paper and you can you can communicate with sign language okay so and it doesn't even have to be american sign language or any of the other official you know uh, uh, you know, if I look at you and say, yeah, you can imagine in your mind, okay, over there, there's two things that could bite me. I thought you were <laughs> I, I was saying, I was thinking that was more like talking. Eating. I thought it was eating. Uh, well, okay, we but, all we all thought something different. <laughs> but it, but either way, you know, over there, there's two of something. First, and, I thought you wanted the door shut. And based on my facial facial and body expressions, you can you can ascertain from that that there's two of something over there that could do me harm. It doesn't have okay. to be official sign language. So I could I could see that happen. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to make a sequel. I think this is no. going to be a one and done. And I'm, I'm completely okay with And that. I'm okay with it, too. I would like to see more things from this universe, though. Because overall... That would be cool, something else. Overall, as a sci-fi fan, okay? This is, this is a sci-fi... Science fiction horror movie is mm-hmm. the way that I the way that I picture it. Um, we have Star Wars, we have Star Trek, we have Blade Runner back in the fold now. I don't know if we'll do any more in that universe, but but from everything that I have read and heard from people, that movie was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Don't believe Rotten Tomatoes. That movie is good, folks. Um, we need some more good science fiction. We need more good Honestly, science yeah. fiction movies. There are there are thousands upon thousands of science fiction novels and universes that 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 major cinema could could make badass movies on and they just haven't. Yes, we've had we've had the stumbles with and, and I actually enjoyed John Carter, but I've heard and I did not enjoy Ender's Game. That was very very bad. See, I liked Ender's Game. I However, did not I like know, Ender's Game. I having not read it, I know the book is way the books are. I way have better. read it, okay, and that yeah. that did not do it justice. I've heard very bad things about Valerian and the city. I refuse to watch that movie. Uh, I didn't want to watch that movie. See, but I've read the books, and the books are so good. Yeah, but the I the movie. I looked at that movie and I was like, "No, not." But happen. but part of the part of the reason I want to see more is because you know you've heard me talk about it a lot. My favorite video game franchise of all time is Mass Effect. Yes, Mass Effect has been murdered by Electronic Arts, of and course. Mass Effect as a whole was based on a lot of things. But the biggest thing it was based on was Revelation Space by Alistair Scott Reynolds. Or Alistair Reynolds, not Scott Reynolds, excuse me. Alistair Reynolds. That book series is fantastic. And there are so many great stories we have to we have yet to tell mm-hmm. on on the big silver screen. And this is a film that came out of left field. Nobody knew anything about it. You know, we didn't even see the creature until about halfway through the movie. <clears throat> yeah. Why 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 shouldn't we have more of this? You know why can't we build more upon this? They and they don't have to go the cheesy B movie route that a lot of movies do. Yeah, actually, actually have the budget and do it right. Mm-hmm. You know we we need more good science fiction. Besides, uh, obviously, I forgot I forgot to mention Alien Covenant. They're still doing it. They're uh, still doing it uh, right. Yes, they are. Uh, I want to mention something uh, before because I, I want Miranda to get in on the A Quiet Place. Uh, There's but nothing I'm, left to say now. No, well, <laughs> well you, throw, you your, mentioned, throw your two cents. You in there. mentioned something to me, and I'll, I'll bring that up after I bring this up. So, sign language, I think it's really cool. Um, I didn't know this until uh, I re became friends with uh, Amber Concrete. So she taught her she taught herself sign language so she could teach her kids sign language, and that apparently is a very common thing with kid like children toddlers ruby knows it that's awesome because it's a it's a way for parents and children to communicate with each other without because there's a there's a time when communication is very hard between the only bad thing is there's there's studies now that say that teaching your child sign language before you teach them to speak actually hampers their ability to learn speech Mm -hmm. okay so it i don't necessarily agree with it because my kid my kid learned sign language before she learned to speak and she chooses to speak instead of mm-hmm. sign. Now she does sign occasionally, but I want to, I want to flesh it out and learn it all the way. I know, 
I, I've a very, a very small it in like third grade. I never, I didn't I never learned it. But. I never learned it, and I, I, I think it'd be really cool to learn, but I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm too stubborn to learn things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I agree with that. I know myself. <laughs> you like to read, right? Yeah. Read sign language. That'd be cool. It's easy. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was... I, I never knew that was a thing until I, I became friends with Amber again. Amber was a friend that I had 10 years ago that her and I didn't really... We There was a long period of time where she didn't... What? What? <laughs> there, there was a long period of time where we weren't friends because she just fell off the face of the earth and then she became... She Did became, she fall into the abyss? <laughs> yeah. And she, she started working at Subaru... And that then her, her our friendship was rekindled. Um, so the, and hanging out with her, I found out that she taught her kids sign language and to you know be able to communicate better because when some kids don't understand some words sometimes. Mm-hmm. So when and so it's hard for them to communicate what they want to their parents. Well, like right now for my daughter, fish and shoes are the same word. Mm-hmm. So she'll say shoe. And that either means fish or shoes. And I don't know. I have to, <laughs> it has to go farther. I get you. So I think, I, I think that's really cool that we as parent, we as human beings have figured out that communication gap mm-hmm. and be able to fill that in with sign language. If only we could fucking create something that dogs could talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. Oh, okay. Dogs. Yes. I would love to know what dogs think. Cats. They're assholes. I don't what do you know. think Baxter would be saying? Oh, he thinks I'm. He probably thinks I'm a piece of shit. Well, we all think you're a piece of shit. But to be fair, Baxter's a piece of shit too. He's a fat piece of shit. Yes, he is a fat piece of shit. And he early, you, earlier when I fucking petted him, he that motherfucker stunk. You need to give that fucker a bath. He asked me. Did you ask me? I did. Yes, he wants me to help him give him a bath. Give that motherfucker a bath a because cat, he a bath stinks. He stinks worse than fucking Joe. <laughs> oh God, that was bad, Blaine. <laughs> So yeah, the, he's been my cat's been fucking weird lately. He he's um and Andy caught him like red-handed today. Uh-oh. Uh he was uh about to shit outside of the litter box and Andy picked him up and threw him in the litter box. <laughs> he texted me like this like right before I got home, so I bar- I just barely missed it, but uh yeah, he's been doing that a lot lately and I don't understand. Like the the litter I I understand when the litter box needs to be changed, but it doesn't need to be changed. So, take a belt, cinch it up really tight around his neck. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this to my cat. Well, just listen. Every time he shits outside of the litter box, and then find a better way to discipline your cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Holly Howard. Who's that? that? That's you know, my cousin. That's your cousin. Okay. Uh, it was the only way I can understand him. Uh, she's she's referencing her son Jay. okay okay that's awesome that's that's awesome uh pod daddy nate says i think lang- a language barrier can be created from parents that baby talk that baby talk their kids too long what so nate so speak english so if, <laughs> so if i talk to you like this because you're so cute so cute all the time that that actually is fact yes that's stupid you talk to your kid like they're a normal human being mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and it's not, it's not just to their kid, you know. We as people, a lot of times, baby talk 
mm-hmm. our animals, our pets. You know, my wife does it to my to our dogs all the time, and I have to remind her to stop doing that because children are hypersensitive to everything going on around them. So when she she sees my wife talking to the dogs that way, she knows that she thinks that that's how the, she should talk. Mm-hmm. So you you have, okay. you know, there is the. There's always the argument psychologically, uh, nature versus nurture. We've all yeah. we've all learned about this in school, and we talk about this as adults. We this is scientific fact. We are all products of our environment. We actually have we obviously have choice and some amount of control over what we end up as, but we are products of our environment. So, if you and I spent 24 hours a day together every day. If we were in this room and we never left left this room and, and the only way that I spoke to you was like a baby and I was the only person that you had ever seen your entire existence and then we both got to leave this room and Andy was in the living room and Andy spoke to you like a normal human being, you would be fucking mind blown. Yeah, he'd talk like, he'd always talk like this. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm talking to you like this because I love you, you're so cute. <laughs> So I mean, but it, it is it is fact. I mean, it it it's science. You can't argue with it. So, mm-hmm. but we went from quiet place to science very quickly. Yes, uh, Miranda, you brought up something because you you had an interest in this movie mm-hmm. because you are you're a mother. Yes. So you've experienced labor. Yes. And like, I have too, and that was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta have more kids, but I don't want to see it anymore because that was fucking terrible. <laughs> but Miranda, you've you've experienced labor and labor pain, so mm-hmm. you you. I really you, felt the intensity of the scene. Yes, when she was. You understood. Yes. So yeah, I really that was, that was my favorite scene is when she was in labor giving birth because it made me feel like oh my god she see she sees her water break. Yeah, I'm like oh shit, it's gonna get right after she fucking stepped on that, and then she steps on that nail. Yeah. Oh yeah, which she. I have you ever ste- have you ever stepped on a nail yes. before? Yes, I have. Oh, good God! I would have been motherfuck. Yes. I I mean, as a child, I had a I had a wooden sandbox, and I've stepped on nails within said sandbox. That made you tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sly. But uh, yeah, that that well, and I I like that you guys bring that up because before we saw the film, you and I talked about. Because that was in the original trailer, and you and I both thought, well, yeah, she's she's getting in the tub because it makes the, you know, it's a water birth. It makes it... I thought See, it was going to be a water birth. I didn't know she was pregnant in the trailer. Like, I thought she was just hiding in the... I didn't see... No. I, I thought she was hiding in the tub. Well, they had a couple They had a couple <laughs> different cuts of the trailer. Like, the second or third she... cut, you could tell she was pregnant. Yeah. But the first couple, you could tell she was in the tub, but it didn't show that she was pregnant. No. So, so yeah. But but you and I both thought that she was in the tub for a water birth, and you know, let's go back to science again. That makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope, that was an empty fucking tub, and she yeah. was just in there hiding. And somehow she she popped a baby out. Yeah. Without the baby making any noise. Well, it was the, good with the fireworks. Ah, uh, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. The fireworks. Um, Drowned in rockets. So there's there's a there's a scene jump, and then next thing you see, next time you see her, she has the baby. How fucking awesome of a scene that was that though, when Krasinski goes into the bathroom and he is just mortified. Oh he thinks yeah. his fucking oh. wife is gone, yeah. and she fucking slaps her hand Mandy on jump. the fucking shower <laughs> glass. 
That is yeah. fucking. That is very, very good cinematography. Very good writing and directing. Everything. John Krasinski did such a good job with this movie. Yes. Fucking a. No, I didn't know she was pregnant going into this movie. I did not know mm-hmm. she was pregnant, and I leaned into him when this scene comes on when she first yeah. her belly. And when I was she's like, waddling around I with was her like, belly. This is not a good idea. Like, why would you? Why would you bring well, a baby? That, into that's this? the thing that goes back to the, all the guilt that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. How how do you how do you you don't have children so you don't understand entirely but but Miranda would understand so if you and I are parents and we lose a child that's terrible yeah. mm-hmm. but we're living in this world where anything that we could do could get us and everyone else around us killed at any given time we would not have another child we how would, did they have sex <laughs> quietly like this he probably mm. muffles her mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> Mm. That thing you did last night. No, no. <laughs> it sounds Ooh. like it sounds like a turtle. Ooh, yeah. It sounds like a turtle Ooh. when it's having sex. <laughs> but no, I would not bring <sighs> another baby into this world. <sighs> yeah, I mean, we would do everything in our power to not have more children. Yes. Obviously, we would want to have right. more children because, especially after losing another one, you want to fill that. <sighs> when that that's yeah. the, that's the bad thing. Our brains are not built to handle the loss of a child, so you lose a child. You know, you you go all the way back to um, instinct. Our first instinct is, well, let's just have another one. Let's make another one. We'll replace the one that we lost with the one that we can make. You know, that's not something we think about, but that's ingrained in our mind as a species. Ah, lose one, we'll make another one. That's yeah. We're like rats. We make them really fast. So, (laughs) um, so you think. It's a long nine months. Yeah. Well, but still, I mean, comparatively to a lot of animals, yeah. it's fast. So once again, this this goes back to what I said. What is the worst possible thing you can introduce into mm-hmm, this world? Mm-hmm. And that is a newborn child. Well, it, it's it's, it's so an chaotic. unknown variable variable the because labor, it's, the it delivery. is pure chaos. Mm-hmm. It is pure chaos, and that 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 is one thing that they they really they they nailed right on the head. What is the worst possible thing you can introduce to a silent world? A baby. I don't. Rem- I don't remember. In the film, what initially draws the creatures to the farm? I don't know. Uh. Well, first they drop that um, when they're playing the game. They drop that um, that lamp. That's right. It brought them closer. Right. So. That's when the little raccoon gets squished because that's the raccoon or the noise that they heard. That's what it was. And then from there on, it's because they're so close. So before before they knock the lamp over while they're playing Monopoly, Mm -hmm. the creatures aren't close to their farmstead, but they knock that that uh, oil lantern over Mm -hmm. and it makes a lot of sound. It draws them closer to the property. And then after that. They're, they're so close. They're on the property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the fields. And I think after that is when she stepped on the nail. That's yep. when, that's when all hell breaks the lights loose. red and he knows shit, they're here. Well, she's going down there because she be because they're in the area. She mm-hmm. knows. So And then she steps on that fuck God. She goes down there to she, she doesn't know when she, she does, breaks her her water breaks she doesn't they're not in the area yet because her daughter's gone you know out and about and yeah because she's so doing she she's know. doing laundry when her water breaks mm-hmm. right so um yeah her water or her stepping on that nail and dropping that picture is what brings them back mm-hmm. into the home yep 
Yeah. So, out of 10, what would you give this? Well, would I give it on just a straight out of 10? Yeah. I would give it a solid 7.5. Okay. Miranda? Mm, an 8 or a 9. I, I really did like it. I wasn't disappointed with it. Even the cheesy ending, I liked it. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that after we rate it. Because that, <laughs> no, that, I've, really, I've been waiting to talk about it. I'm like, for ugh. a movie that has, you know, where there's not very many noises going on, I really did like it. It kept me intent, like, on my, like, oh my God. I I really enjoyed the world they created. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this Skyler movie. Said a five. That's a bummer. Make my fucking fish. <laughs> that's that's a bummer that she gives it a five. She doesn't she doesn't dislike it that much. She's just okay, doing it what for makes attention. Her not like it. <laughs> Do you know why she doesn't like it? She she didn't like the the part at the end. She didn't like that. Uh, Krasinski died. I didn't like that either, but like he said, you knew it was coming. She did. The, the dad or the main male character always dies in movies like this. That's she true. didn't. She didn't like that. <laughs> See, my wife. My wife has this weird thing where she'll like she watched this movie, and she's like, "Man, it would suck to live in a world like that." I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So what, I wouldn't like right. it either. You you are one hundred percent right. Were, it we would were, suck. We were driving home from the from the movie theater. And she I, wanted more backstory. She says, she, "Yeah, she did. She definitely did want more creature backstory, which I agree with for the most part." But we were driving home from the I theater. I don't want more backstory. I just I just want that yeah, little bit. Just I don't that tidbit. I don't want it because it, how much it, more it keeps would, you the mystery the mystery yes, is the mystique wondering. And the mystery and the, the fact, intensity. and you know, like, I would honestly be slightly mad if they made a sequel. But how much? They don't need it. How much more excited about the movie would you be if you knew, like, just a little bit? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, I, what? It, what? Okay. I feel like that's what makes it so good. Yes, what what if? What if you knew how they breed? Oh fuck! <laughs> I don't know. What if? What if they kill people, drag their corpses back to a mound? eviscerate that mound and lay eggs in it see but the movie just, wasn't about the characters it's, it was about it, the family it's so yeah it's not what, about the creatures it's about the family but with the, just that little bit mm-hmm. it, it would be it's just the icing on the cake i was happy with it i was skylar says but i love that the deaf girl is really deaf in real life and that was cool yeah i i mean it, it's it's nice to see somebody else Somebody that's not a mainstream actor, number one, but somebody that has a disability mm-hmm. shine because she, she her her performance was fantastic. Yes. So, and, and as a director, John Krasinski, who's uh, as far as a director goes, very young in the industry, to have to direct somebody who can't hear what you're saying and the emotion in your voice, oh yeah, is very very oh, difficult. Yeah. So. Man. She she did a fantastic every the whole cast did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I only gave it a seven seven and a half because there's the little the little quirks that I would like to see, and then the cheesy part at the end. So we've we've defeated the initial creature, yes. the creature that that killed John Krasinski, mm-hmm. and then everybody's down in the in the basement in the little bunker area. Hold on, I haven't given my rating. Oh, I thought you did already. I'm no, sorry. No, what is it? I'm 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 really torn. I want to give it a nine. I want to give it a nine, but I'm gonna go ahead and give it an eight point five. That's so because I, of the ending. I mean, it's still, like I said, eight point five is still really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yes, I think be, seven and a half is really good because of the ending. I'm I'm dropping it down to eight point five. 
Go ahead, take it away, Tyler. So we we defeat one of the creatures through science and sheer willpower. Um, the young deaf girls. Uh, and see, this is this is what made this is actually what made this part of the scene a good scene, mm-hmm. because Krasinski throughout. I would I would assume years has been collecting hearing aids or hearing amplifiers and working on them to try and make it so his daughter can hear. Yeah. So it makes He's studying it. Studying it. So it not only makes her life easier but it makes their lives easier too because she can't hear. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know if she makes sound or not. Yeah. That was one thing that I had on my mind throughout the whole movie. It's like, she's deaf. She doesn't know if she's making sound or not. Mm-hmm. She probably doesn't even know what sound is. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you, that was one of the things that I'm, I'm really happy to see that they didn't dive into. We didn't get like a, a flashback montage of him collecting mm-hmm. all the little hearing aids, you know? So in the beginning of the film, he says, I put amplifiers from a radio into your hearing aid. Try this. And then the rest of the film is her trying to adjust to this new hearing aid. And she's upset because it still doesn't work. But it also not only does it not work, but it, 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 uh, it harms her in a a sense. She, so anytime they're uncomfortable. So anytime the creatures are around doing their echolocation, it feeds back, it feeds back and it overloads her hearing aid and being a sound guy, like I understood that right away. I was like, okay, so they're they're trying to use their echolocation. It's going to that hearing aid. It's feeding back to them. It's being ample because he yeah, put it, amplifiers. It, exactly. In it. It's being amplified and then being sent back to them, and their ears can't handle it. Yes. So you get the final scene. She takes. Uh, they, under- they they look at it and they understand that. She takes her hearing aid and puts it in a giant speaker system and amplifies it and sends this creature into fucking system shock. Yes. And then Emily Blunt shoots it in the head and kills it. God damn it. Which I was, <laughs> if it would have ended, if it would have ended shortly after that, I would have been okay with that. Right. And then, the head was gonna explode. and then shortly after that, yeah, I, I would have liked that yeah. a lot better actually. And then shortly after that, we get a scene of all the security cameras Creatures from all over flocking to their property. The baby, the boy, Emily Blunt, and the deaf girl are all in this basement. And you, the, the, the camera just cuts right to Emily Blunt. And she just pumps that shotgun with everything she's got. And it cuts black. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, you go an hour and 34 minutes. Mm-hmm. The, the, the movie said on my... On hour my, and 36? Hour and 35. On my movie pass, it says hour 35. You go about 132, 134 minutes, and, or not, not hour 34, hour 30, hour 32, hour 34. My bad. Uh, you go that long without a single bit of cheese. Not one. Not once. It's no very, action cheese, no drama cheese, yes, nothing. Very well put together movie. And then out of nowhere, you add that. I was. He was pissed. Fucking furious. Yeah, I was pissed too. I, I looked over at Skylar and said, "This is fucking stupid." I was more pissed at that than the fucking high schoolers behind us. No, do you I was think? At the high yeah, I was, do, you, do you think? Do you think that was Krasinski doing one of these though? Like, ah, I got you guys. <laughs> yeah, and that is I don't why know, everybody I, laughed at it. So I think oh, the majority that. of people liked it. You guys are just weird. See, <laughs> see my, you my, hated it too, didn't you? 
I didn't hate it. It made me think, oh shit, this movie sucks now. In my, thea- it was cheesy, in my yes, theater, it was so cheesy. In it my cheesy, theater, yes. no shit. No one made a sound the entire movie. We had people laugh. Nobody coughed. Nobody we- moved in their seat. The only person that made sound that was me, and that was me digging in a bucket of popcorn. We had children talking behind us. So no one, when that scene fucking popped up, no one made a sound. So I would assume that everyone else was just as pissed as I was. I was, I was not happy about that. That was and fucking ridiculous, And man. that is another reason I don't want there to be a sequel, because I know if there's a sequel, there's that element of cheese already presented. I don't want that to happen again. But Krasinski could see us. Not us specifically, but... but John Krasinski, if you're if you're watching podcast, <laughs> please do. If you are, we like you. Subscribe to Journey Into Comics. Oh. Um... Yeah, Skylar says she didn't like the ending either. Uh, Justin Foster need, has to poop real bad. <laughs> All right, I, I did for I I like that Jennifer brings up in the earlier comments that Krasinski and Emily Blunt are really married in real life. So, I forgot yeah, that. Really? I forgot that, that, that. I didn't. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I forgot that about creates, that. That, re- that creates a real cool dynamic within. It's very good on screen on screen chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yes, on screen chemistry, cool directorial chemistry. That's cool. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yes. I'm reading comments. Okay. I'm going to uh, I'm ready to move on a little bit. We've I, talked about this for about an hour. Yeah, uh, we've we, talked we've talked about A Quiet Place a lot, and I'm glad we did because you yeah. and I were very excited about the film. Yes, we were. I got I got at least two more things on my rundown. I want to bring up so System of a Down. Oh, here we go. I saw you were pissed. <laughs> System of a Down posted an image. I am pissed. Earlier this week. Pissed. And I'm, I'm, this is going to be a real brief topic. I'm pissed. They brought they they posted an image and it it's very System of a Downy. Uh, they they post this image. It's like a beach scene. Uh, there's an atomic. There's a mushroom cloud in the background. Some mines and stuff. Uh, it's it's very it, it's not exactly like a dark image it's a it's a very happy image but it also has that apocalyptic right war zone stuff that you can associate with system of a down uh and everybody's like what the fuck's this what the fuck's this what's going on here so when we finally find out what the fuck is this what is this what's going on here <laughs> it's just a tour announcement of like three, three or four days. dates three on days. the west coast so who Tem- gives a fuck? <laughs> Temple the dog did this uh, right before. Ooh, Temple the dog. Right before. I'm glad you know them. Well, yeah, fucking Audio Slave, Soundgarden, and Pearl Jam are my three favorite fucking bands of all time. I did not know that. Besides Soundgarden, I think I knew that, but that I, I still think it's really awesome that you know Temple of the dog. Yeah, fucking anyway. Temple the dog did that two years ago, right before or right before fucking Chris Cornell passed away. They re- released a fucking three-show tour only on the West Coast. Listen, all you fucks. We like music here in the Midwest. Yeah! We spend money. I was waiting for you to do another yeah. Yeah! Fucking do three-show tours here, goddammit. Yeah! We have Chicago. We got Columbus. And Indianapolis. And Indianapolis. And, and we have Cincinnati. S- Cincinnati. We have several big cities near us. We have stuff. We have stuff. <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky's not far away. Yeah. Yeah. 
fucking but, heritage. Yeah, so we, when I saw that image originally teased, I thought it was album artwork. I thought, oh man, I was I was so I was, fucking disappointed. I was pumped as fuck. I was like, that looks like very potential album artwork. I don't think we ever get another album. We said that about never Tool. say never. Tool's different though. Tool Tool is not system I of love, down. I love that. I love that Maynard said uh, new Tool album is Chinese Democracy too. Which is hilarious because Chinese Democracy, for those who don't know, was the new Guns N' Roses and it was album terrible. that was like teased for like 20 years. But part of what's cool, tangent here, part of what's cool about Tool's new album is they're doing it, they're recording it all in analog. Yeah, and that's really cool. So they're fucking serious about this shit. They want this mm-hmm. album to be good. And you know every couple of years we're going to get a Tool album. As long as Maynard's making music. He wants to, he mm-hmm. wants to fucking make music. We'll at least get Tool tours, right? Something. But I'm not I'm not the giantest Tool fan. They're in my top five. I I like Tool. They're not they're not nearly in my top five. Oh, they're in my I, top I like fucking tool. five. Uh, Audio Slave, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, fucking Temple, the Dog, Tool. There's five. What's crazy to me is I I love that. You, once again, I love that you know Temple of the Dog. There's How can not, you be a music fan and not fucking know not what Temple many, of the Dog is? Not many people do. It's fucking it's it's everything. Not many people know Temple of the Dog. Well, I about dropped the I about Temple of the, the Dog is fucking Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder yes, and Soundgarden really and Pearl cool. Jam it's and really cool. awesome fucking Seattle, California rock shit. So okay, I'm. Back to System of a Down. Yeah, part of the reason this pissed me off so much is I thought the same thing you did, that it was album art. And um, I've wanted a new System of a Down album for so long. And Coheed and Cambria did this to us a couple years ago, the same thing. And I also want new Coheed and Cambria so bad I can't hardly fucking stand it. Coheed and System are in my top ten. So I've got my, I just said my top five, I've got my top ten. If you're in my fucking top 10 favorite bands of all time, don't tease this shit. Nate Phillips said, y'all are high if you think so ad. I pronounce it sowed. We'll just go with sowed. I'm going to go with sowed. Nate Phillips says, sowed, if you think sowed isn't working on an album against the current presidency, presidency ellipsis. I, don't, I wouldn't disagree with you, Nate, but... I know they're working on it. We know they're working on an album. But... Don't fucking tease something that looks like album artwork and then announce a fucking three date tour. And if if you're working on an album, if you're working on a fucking album, work on your album. You don't need to go do three fucking shows. You're right. You're right. You don't need to. Metallica's famous for this. Like, they fucking went 10 years almost. Eight years. They went eight years. They toured a little bit here and there. And (sighs) they, they did. Several recording sessions in which all of the shit got lost. And then they finally released Hardwire, and it was actually really good. Yeah, I dug it. Um, but no, System of a Down. They haven't had an album since 2006. God, hypnotize. They, that was their hypnotize, last... Hypnotize and Mesmerize, the double album. Yep. That was the last thing we got from them. They went on hiatus. We finally eventually got some tours. Mm-hmm. Or not even tours, just select dates. Yep. I think they did Chile. They either did Chile. I think or they. I think they did Chile and Buenos Ar- Aires. I think they did. I think they actually did Chile, Argentina, and Brazil. Yeah. So, they did like a like a 
three show uh, S- South America tour type thing, and then they did whatever the fuck else they did. Nate Phillips says, "Gotta gotta escape the studio and get that fan energy." Though I agree. Okay, I mean, but we've we've had that fan energy since two thousand six. Yeah, Nate, this is twelve years. I've been waiting for a fucking new System of a Down album for twelve goddamn years. Oh shit! Nope, two thousand five, May, November. So even longer. Even longer. You're not helping the situation, <laughs> Pot Daddy. You're not helping. So we've had okay. So yeah, Surge, he, he's he's not wrong because I bought right. I bought yeah. Hypnotized when I was in eighth grade at Southwestern. I bought which both been, I bought both of them in 2012. Ha, I already had them. Actually, no, I had select songs from them. But uh, I bought fucking Hypnotized on release day. I wasn't a fan of them at that time. Oh yeah, I got into metal in around 2005, 2006. Fucking system of them when I was in high school. I got I got into fucking system of a down and coheed when I was in eighth grade. Man, that was my fucking shit. That was my disturbed year, and good Charlotte year still. Um, but no, they so Serge Tonkin, Tankian, however you say his name, he's he's done. Just say Serge, and then we don't have to say his last name. I think it's Tankian. I don't care. Just say Serge. He's done his three solo albums. Um. I haven't listened to any of his solo. Oh, stuff. dude, the first one's really fucking. Because good. I've been so fucking pissed off. Elect that it... the dead. Listen to it. All right. Excellent CD. I uh, I don't know too much about the other two. Uh, I didn't. I think I tried listening to at least one of them, and I wasn't as big a fan as I was of Elect of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren. Uh, Darren Malakian, I think. You can just say Darren. Darren. They're all. They're all Argentinian. Uh. Darren did Scars on Broadway, and it was terrible. So we're not even gonna mention. Do you did you did you expect anything other than that though? I mean, I don't I don't really want to dive into it, but if if I'm gonna talk about that, sad sad statue is an awesome song. Nate Phillips says sad statue is one of the best songs of all time. I don't know about of all time, but I love that song. Um, uh, so. Together, Darren and Serge are awesome. Apart, Serge is awesome and Darren sucks. And that, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, like when they when they went on hiatus, did you expect anything different? I did. I personally did not. No, you're right. Because I knew I knew going into this hiatus that Serge Serge is a dude that wants to keep doing music, and he's not going to just not do music. Yeah. And neither is Darren. But. It's like two halves do a whole, but Surge is like three quarters to a whole, and Darren's the other quarter. Yeah, you know I, I love they, they, I love them both. Don't get me wrong; they harmonize really well. Yes, they harmonize excellently. But if I got to pick one, I'm picking Surge myself. So yeah, I have to agree. Moving on. So real, real, this... real quick, I, I just want to say something. Make a fucking new album. Yes. All right, now proceed. Uh, you too, Coheed. So, last night, I... Grabbed your prostate? I did not, actually. God damn it. I did not! Last <laughs> night. I did not! Last night. I, so, this week. Oh, I've, yes. I've been... Uh, oh, shit. Tyler, it's your fault. <laughs> I've been... <laughs> I've been... Uh, this week I'm eating cheap. Uh, the Sunday night, maybe it's Monday night. 
I think it was Monday night. Yeah, it was definitely Monday night. I ate peanut butter and strawberry jam. Is there any other way? Grape jelly? Yeah, uh, fuck grape fuck jelly. Off. Get that shit out you of here. basic bitch. Throw some fucking orange, mar- orange marmalade on that shit. You don't eat fucking grape jelly. We eat fucking jam in this house, number one, and it ain't fucking grape. Yeah. So That's a, I want you to make a soundbite of that. You need to make a soundbite of that. I will try to remember. We eat fucking grape. We don't eat grape jam in this house. Now you need to do a poll on this. I'm an idiot. Okay. So last night, Tuesday night. Tuesday. Tuesday. I decide to eat. Uh, because I played Monster Hunter all night and I didn't have time to actually make a real dinner. Yeah, I feel you. I have stuff here to make, but I just... It was like nine o'clock, and I'm like, "Yep, I'm gonna do this." I decided to make grilled cheese. I post to my Snapchat story and to, and I sent to also a few other people, select individuals, including Mr. Finnegan McNasty. Back That's me. Here. Uh, I, I made grilled cheese, and I I am uh, I'm not too proud to eat grilled cheese, and I was happy to see that you were eating grilled cheese because I'm your financial accountability partner. Yes. I'm the guy that makes that tells you don't fucking do that because it's stupid and you're wasting your money on something stupid. So seeing you eat grilled cheese, I'm glad that you tell him that because yeah, I'm trying to tell him that too. <laughs> I tell him all kinds of shit. And he, that doesn't mean he listens. No, no, no he but has, you're right. he has so been I, better. So I open this image of grilled cheese and I'm like, man, he's fucking eating grilled cheese. I made three grilled cheese sandwiches and let me tell you, uh, the last. The last couple times I've made grilled cheese, I've gone all out. I've put the garlic salt on it. Uh, I've used Sargento um, Colby Colby Jack. Mm, we we got we see right. At, I wish you would have told me this last night because <laughs> no. we got some problems. No 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 no. So last That's night, so... last night I made just classic. The way it's supposed to be made. <laughs> bread and craft American singles. So just say processed cheese because not everyone buys craft. Also, by the way, real quick, fun fact for you. Uh, Aldi brand cheese is actually Sargento cheese if you want to save some money. Really? Okay, yep. cool. Um, so last night I make classic grilled cheese. White bread, processed White cheese bread? singles. I had no, no garlic salt added. Just, just straight up grilled cheese. I send a, I made three of them. I send a snap to my story and a select few people. Mostly the people I have I have Snapchat streaks with and uh, maybe a few others, Tyler included. Because I'm your life partner. And me, I got it too. You're you're part of the snap, snap streak. streak. You're part of the snap streak. Uh, Tyler is not because we are men and we don't need to. Well, we had a streak other. going for a while. Did we? When I was sending you when when I was sending you pop tart videos every day. Fair. Um, so I made classic grilled cheese and he, did you snap something? Okay. So he, I snapped you an image of the darkness because I was laying in bed. Yes. I snapped you an image of the darkness that said that better be mayonnaise on that bread and not butter. Butter's for simpletons. You yes. piece of shit. I have never in my life heard of using mayonnaise to spread across the bread that would eventually become the grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. So, I argued to you. I don't remember what I said. 
but I sent you an article. Yeah, you sent me an article. I read it, and they in the end still agreed that uh, butter tastes better than mayo. So however, the, there's a lot of un, there's a lot of unanswered variables yes. in that statement. You, however, before before I even read the article, part of your description before the article says they use to ignore the the conclusion because they use too much mayo. Mm-hmm. So the reason the reason you can use mayonnaise instead of butter on when you're making grilled cheese is mayonnaise is literally oil, egg whites, sugar, and a little bit of salt. Mm-hmm. That's that's mayonnaise. That's what makes mayonnaise. Yeah. Okay. So there's so much oil and egg white in the mayonnaise when you spread it extremely thin over bread and grill it or toast it. It does the same thing that butter does, it, but it leaves no flavor behind. Yeah. So if you have bread that's not white, so say honey wheat or like a honey oat or really high quality bread, you get a lot of the bread flavor, but it's just toasted. You don't have any of the butter flavor. Mm-hmm. And I only buy salted butter. I buy butter the way it should be. Not margarine, not vegetable oil spread. It's fucking butter, okay? I buy Country Crocker. Okay, Country Crock. Country Crock, yeah, sorry. Is, is shit. Buy I fu- like it. Buy fucking Kerrygold and be a real man, okay? Just be regular gay. Be regular gay. So anyway, with butter, you have to wait for it to soften or you have to microwave it, and then you microwave it too much, and then it becomes clarified butter, and then you're fucked, and you can't make your grilled cheese, and you have to put it back in the refrigerator, and then you have to microwave it again, or wait, and it's a conundrum. You just take mayonnaise and spread it really thin over your bread. The caveat to that is, if you spread too much on your bread, it gets extremely tangy, because there's vinegar in mayonnaise. Mm. So, on the spot... After having a very brief urine bed conversation, mm-hmm. I, I was masturbating too. Were you? No, I was not. I, I with mean, mayonnaise. With mayonnaise. With mayonnaise, yes. So I posted a poll on the Podcastrophy page, and there's still six days left to vote. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> there's still six. I didn't set this. It's I just thought a, it was just like two days. I didn't realize it no, was a week. It, it, yeah, it's a week. Uh, we have 51 votes. I'm gonna I'm gonna for the live feed, I'm switching it over. We have fifty-one votes and eighty-six percent say butter, while fourteen percent say mayo. I asked, which do you prefer to spread on your grilled cheese? Butter or mayo? So that that poll <laughs> that poll is a little Nate bit... says sounds like Tyler sucks at butter. Yes. <laughs> I buy real butter. It takes a long time for it to soften. Don't you judge me, Pod Daddy. I appreciate what your comment, though. So Nate, Pod Daddy Nate, in the comments put, so if I'm making a BLT, I use mayo to toast the bun. Mm-hmm. If I'm making grilled cheese, I use, I'm all about that butter. Either way, it's right. So that's the, po- that's the point that I was trying to make. That's the point that I was trying to make last night, that if you use too much mayonnaise, it's, it's very tangy because of the vinegar. If you use the right amount, it's not tangy, and you just have bread taste. Obviously, in no way, shape, or form was I trying to contest that mayonnaise for grilled cheese tastes better than uh, butter, because a butter grilled cheese obviously tastes better, 
but in in reference to speed and you know uh, accessibility and total mm-hmm. ease, so to speak, mayonnaise is way easier. And you should try it. Just I, I when I say don't use very much, I mean literally do not. I mean you want that fucking monomolecular thin. What I want to know is what if we did both? It'd be too much. It'd be soggy. I think Beca- you're right. Because you take so say you no, put I think you're right. say you put the mayonnaise on first, that's oil and egg white. And then you go to put the butter over top of it. That's fucking milk. That that's fucking curd and everything else and fat. What if? Okay, okay, I got something. You saying put butter on one side and mayonnaise on the other? Yes. I've done that. <laughs> so the mayo and? goes on the grill side. You, wait, you don't toast both sides? Okay. No. I'm very confused I on toast. where you're going. Okay, the outside, so the side without cheese, has the mayo. Okay. No. The butter side goes on the side with cheese. So you get the te- okay that that the mayo on the outside that is would the be texture. V- that would be very good if you bought the type of butter that I buy okay. where it's salted and it's actually okay. the way butter should be made. Okay, you get the taste of butter. That's why you put it on grilled cheese? Uh, Travis, well, not really. Our guest last week, Mr. Travis Wilson, says I have never tried the mayo. Try it, Travis. Try it. I'm gonna try it. I thought it- you said you wouldn't. I never said I. He told me I last told night he was going to try it. Yeah. Oh no. I no. never said I would never try that. I said I will never do that, and you said me either. That is. I'm possible. finding it. That is possible. It's, it's not bad. It. It's not bad. And I, see, I part told of, Tyler, I would say part of the reason I don't it. mind it anyway is because after I make a grilled cheese, I spread mayonnaise on top of my grilled cheese. That's weird. It's not weird. You're, weird. You're fucking weird. I am weird. You have fucking I'm not weird in that department. You right have fucking ass frosted tips. I have frosted tits. You said they did say it had <laughs> better tits. texture, though, and I said I don't care. I'm never eating that. And you said, same. yeah. So the nice I said, thing, good. Of, I'm glad we're on the same level. The nice and thing you about said, yes. The nice thing about the I'm mayonnaise is it toasts the very outside edge of the bread if you use very little, and then like the inner layer of the bread is still bread mm-hmm. instead of toast, so you get a nice texture consistency. Yeah. Instead of just burnt ass bread. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try it. Regardless, I'm going to try it. Try it, or at uh, least come over to my house and I'll make you one. I want you to make me a grilled cheese, so I'll do that. So, in closing, uh, for those, comment to the podcaster page on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. Please find a way to, uh, if you're listening, please find a way to communicate to us whether... Yes. You prefer mayo or butter on grilled cheese? The important part of this, though, is not which one you prefer. It's the fact that you're eating fucking grilled cheese. Because grilled cheese is fucking heritage! Yeah! Anyway, so... We're running long today, so... Do you have any closing thoughts? Um... Go see a quiet place. Yeah, de- I definitely go see a quiet place. Definitely go see Pacific Rim Two. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm gonna. Really I'm, I'm gonna bring that up again from last week. Don't, do not fucking load up your internet and look at Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, have your own opinion. Have your own opinion. I say it almost every episode. Figure, form your own opinion. 
Your wife sucks, by the way. What'd she say? She says, I prefer no grilled cheese. Yeah, okay, so, okay, this is my closing thought. Fuck everything I was just going to say. This is my <laughs> wife, okay? Extremely picky eater. Not so much a picky eater after 10 years of being with her, right? Yeah. Because I've been fucking wearing her down through a war of attrition to eat food. That's mm-hmm. not fucking shit, okay? I have a very diverse palate. I don't eat shit. I hope not. She <laughs> she does not like cheese. What? Okay, listen. She likes Colby Jack cheese slices. She likes Colby Jack cheese sticks. She likes queso cheese. She likes queso cheese dip. She likes nacho cheese. She likes all kinds of cheese. But the moment, look at me. The the moment you put cheese on a sandwich, it is therefore gross. What the fuck is wrong with you? Point Miranda. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're my wife and I love you, but there's something fucking wrong with you. Yes. <laughs> How fucking weird is <laughs> she that? She just laughs in your face, Tyler. How Elizabeth fucking- Wool says, but... Ch- cheese yeah <laughs> how fucking weird is that she like there's a couple times that i've made her grilled che- or uh not grilled cheese but um she like macaroni and cheese no oh i no. made her macaroni and cheese and she's like this isn't bad what the fuck and what then the fuck? and then okay one night one night i made her a grilled cheese with bacon and i put frisco sauce from steak and shake on it Ooh. and she's like oh that's not bad it's a grilled fucking cheese <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I've been dealing with this shit for 10 years. It's cheese. It tastes the same no matter what fucking application it's a part of. Miranda, I love you. I love you too. God damn it! <laughs> I'm glad you like things. <sighs> She's the one that likes things and you're the picky I person. She is very Honestly, picky. Honestly. Yeah. I try to fix him things or we'll... Say hey, we want no. Right here, Miranda. You gotta keep that fucking hands. I'm not. I'm not that picky. He is picky. I'm not as picky as that. (laughs) I'm pointing at the camera, and the camera is Tyler's wife. My wife says, I was pregnant when you made me that. That that's doesn't fair. matter. I don't know. I think that's fair. No. Because pregnancy makes women like things. It was that still fucking cheese. Although anyway, I had no cravings. We're we're getting we're getting long. Miranda, do you have closing thoughts? Jeez! Not really. No. <laughs> All right. How are you enjoying that Slurpee over there? It's delicious. Oh, yeah, from 450 I really dig it. I really dig it, too, and I don't like raspberry. I'm ready I can't for the wait double to cherry. try the cherry. The double cherry Slurpee from 450 We're going to have to get wait. some of that somehow. I'm going to get some. We're going to get the guy's money. I'm going to get some. Well, I, mean, I will make sure of it. Because I need some. Uh, it's going to be good. But if that is all, that is all, as I always say, I've been Dick. Eat cheese! <laughs> I've been Tyler. Miranda. Thank you for joining us, Miranda. And thank you, Tyler, for always being the best co-host ever and the thank star you. of the show. And his life partner. I'm Dick. Cheese! Miranda. I already said this! <laughs> Please make every day a big dick day. Bye, Jeez. Like I planned It's gonna be a big
day.